I go through the process of being really pissed off for a minute or two or maybe a full day and then I drop it because like earthing is just going outside. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Great America Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with the Zen athlete Matt Belair a little bit later uh, about all sorts of crazy stuff, fun stuff. His trip to travel, Egypt, too. His trip to Egypt, where he ran into some other people that listen to the show, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's a great chat. Uh, you guys should enjoy it. And of course, first, we got uh, Graham, what me worry, Dunlaw. What the fuck? <laughs> That's the plan. You just uh, making up words or taking out words, taking out like what are they called? Conjunctors? Yeah, those are going to be gone soon. The language will be simplified. I'm and I think okay it should that. be. Oh my God. How can be? <laughs> it's not okay. Why not? I'm not okay with that. Not, not, on, the, not on the podcast, at least. Really? How can be? Why not? Why, why say how can it be? Or That's right. How can cares? that be? Okay, it doesn't matter. It's just how it can be. It just covers it all. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> you're what's wrong with the world. Don't you realize in the chats and the in your texts and stuff, you're, you're 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 simplifying it and you're you know you're getting rid of it all anyway. So might as well so just we make might it well just, just like BRB. Yeah. FYI. Yeah. Exactly. PMI. Everything's an acronym. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I like that. Well, it doesn't have to be an acronym. Ackerman. Who's Ackerman? I don't think I like that. I don't think I like that. I don't think I'm okay with that. That's okay. He can do yeah. I do what want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do own thing. To each own. <laughs> Let's try and get through the rest of the podcast like that. Okay. So what got email? Guest lister? <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. That's what started the whole thing, actually, when you said, how can be? <laughs> you just seem so at peace with the whole thing. I was. I am. Because, yeah. you know, I used to work with people that from other languages, and they used to just abbreviate stuff like that. And I was like, that makes sense. It's how can be. <laughs> huh. It's pretty racist. No, let's simplify it. How come? Anyways, we have... Uh, Kristen on as well. Oh yeah, that's Local right. Local Calgarian talking about her sustainability expo and her new GoFundMe or her new crowdfunding. Yep. And she uses well. all the proper words and conjunctures and everything. So yep. that's always good. Hopefully most of our guests continue to do that and they don't adopt Graham's new system. How can be? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. That's the uh, bud funding, right? Yep. Yeah. 
I thought it was a uh, marijuana startup right away, but turns out to be just a bud place for great ideas, sustainable ideas. Yeah. What do you got? Well, we might as well just jump right into it. So we do this little intro before, before our guest comes on. We talk about, you know, listener, listener stuff, comments and feedback and stories and previous episodes, stuff like that. Get the people connected. We got a classic from, uh, from an old time listener about the last episode. A classic? Yep. That's a synchro you could call it. A long time listener? Yep. Long time listener, first time sync. Uh, no, man, no, he's probably email, emailed in synchros before. Really? So I could play a synchro jingle? Would that sure. be appropriate? Yep. The uh, jingles don't work. The jingles don't work. So is that a chord issue or this is what happens here? Jingles just aren't working. We're lost without the jingles. I think it's actually the app. It's been running for 356 hours, 38 <laughs> minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> How long is that? 356 hours. Let's just do it quickly. I'm surprised you haven't done this in your head yet. That's like fucking 20 days it's almost. 15 days. 15 days nonstop. So that was actually, you know what? That's our last... Uh, Probably a recording session two no, weeks ago. We recorded last week. No, like guest, guest recording. That's right. Except it was on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, we did do Tuesday. Now I can't find the fucking app. Jesus, this show's going to be a train wreck. Here we go. Synchronicity. It's time for another installment of the Canadian Third Party Synchronicity Rating Authority. So the title of this one is Rockets. <clears throat> hey guys, leave Darren's calves alone. My calves? Yeah. I think he means mine. Yeah, most of my calves are pretty... Unless you've been taking pics of your calves, too. No. no my calves are girlish. Okay, ep- episode 256. You guys are talking about flat earth and how to get a camera in orbit to get pictures of the earth. Okay, you were talking about building a rocket. And with a Moai smoking a... Well, don't want the NSA to think we're trying to change the weather or something. <laughs> So, I'm decorating the house for Christmas, listening to the great, greatest podcast of all times, NPR Science Friday with Ira Plato. Nah, come on. It's America, of course. I thought we were second best. Okay, I'm on the ladder. And you guys are talking about building a rocket with a Moai smoking a doobie. Check the pictures attached. It's about half done. What is it? Can't quite see from here. It's of a rocket. Uh, is that a Grand America shotgun? <laughs> That'd be fucking super bad. It's a, it's a rocket with a moa in it. He's so, a, so Harold's attached some pictures of a rock eye, rocket. Rock eye. That's rock. good. It's a rocket with a moa. The rock eye. No. He says it's about half done. It's rough, but it's you can rocket. see. 
but you can see how it will work. Me and my girlfriend are building a rocket, a Grimerica rocket, with all the Grimerica graphics. It was going to be a surprise, but after the podcast, I had to write. It has a Moai as a payload. <laughs> Boy, that little guy was hard to find. Huh. We have both built rockets for some time and listened to the show. So as a Grimerica rocket, made sense. Weather modification, NASA, UFOs, why would Grimerica not be involved somehow? Why should Elon Musk and the SpaceX get all the glory? Graham tried for space at the beginning of your show. You were robbed. We still have the picture of him looking up to the sky. Okay, Graham. Rate this one. As soon as we get time to finish it after Christmas, it will be sent to you. It will be a full functioning rocket, not a static model. So it will be able to be launched. Only about 1,500 feet, but it's a start. Goddard started, started small also, and he is the father of rocketry. Moai in space. Peace, hope, and happiness. And the new year, my friends, in the great white north. Harold and Christine. Venice, Florida. The spam guy. By the way, BTW for you, Darren. Don't shoot Sasquatch. So thanks, Harold. Yeah, that's a badass rocket. We still have some of your spam up there. Actually, I haven't had dinner tonight. I might. We might have to crack open the spam. Teriyaki spam. Oh, maybe so, that wasn't Harold. The teriyaki spam came from, from Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, but Harold sent the original Christmas spam. spam. Yeah. We ate that shit. That was when we still ate it. That was when we still ate all the spam we got in the mail. <laughs> We could still do it. We could. Crack we could. It. I think it's still good. It's good forever, right? <laughs> That's a pretty crazy synchro, though. I'm gonna give old Roll the uh, eight point four two. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So he's got a picture of a of a like a rocket with a moai in it. So could you not send that up? So I mean, I think we talked about we'll this. Fire that fucker right off the lake. Oh, off the, can't you do it off the balloon? No, I can't do. You that. can't do that. No. The timer or something? No, so you go no. up like 1,500 feet? First, you can't do that. So then what? You go up fucking 120,000 feet, and then you get another 1,000 <laughs> feet out of the rocket. You're lucky. Imagine if that was just enough to get into orbit, though. Exactly. America's yeah. in orbit. Yeah. I think Ooh. our best bet is the CubeSat light for that. The CubeSat? But the cool thing about the rocket is we could probably set it off more than once. Yeah, maybe. I know where the hobby shop is. I'm pretty proficient with model rockets. Really? Yeah. A little payload on there, or the little, uh, and you just buy all the engines pre-assembled if it's the kind I'm thinking. So you, uh, you could just, we could just go buy engine, shoot, fucking parachute comes out, comes back down, hook it back up, add it to our collection, because we'll have a sweet fucking subspace fucking balloon kit. We won't have any balloons after the thing. So I figured it out. We're going to do four balloons, 110. Four balloons. So here's the thing. The same thing? If the you, same if you wanna if you can't launch anything in Canada with over a fucking hundred and ten cubic feet of helium. Hundred and fifteen, sorry, that's something. If you want to launch a balloon with more than hundred and fifteen cubic feet of helium, you have to contact fucking Nav Canada. Okay. So I'm gonna do four balloons, each filled up to hundred and ten. So we're legal. And not only that, the four balloons are now like only half inflated. So what happens, the reason these balloons pop is because they get up, the air pressure on the outside gets lighter, and the balloon just keeps expanding until it pops. So the less helium you have in there to begin with, the more well, let's go eight. Let's go eight then at like, like 60 and get it all the way out into space. Hundreds of dollars a piece. Why can't you go, why can't you just go all the way? I don't no, understand. it's like, even when you start like... You're only gaining like a couple thousand feet each time. Why now. is this? Why is there a ceiling to begin with? 
because the air gets too thin and the balloon just goes. <laughs> a balloon needs needs air. Air pressure on the outside. That's how it works. <laughs> Unless it hits the roof. Just gets stuck there. Can you imagine we're just saying it's stuck? We're like, son of a bitch, you can so still what, see it. Tell me about your other ideas. What, the pre-dawn launch? No. Oh, the crystals. Yeah, you're going to send crystals up? I think it's an idea. <laughs> I think we, well, the first time I'm going to throw some of the Weiss crystals on there. Not any of the good ones at first. We're going to see how proficient we are at finding the thing after it comes back down, because that could still be a disaster. But, um. So you need GPS think, on it. You need the crystal. And you're yeah, putting crystals you in it to everything. Get it. So then it would just be the helium and the balloon, which is still expensive. But you could put a lot of crystals on it. You know, like when we're set up, we'll be able to send up like 20, 30 pounds, which ain't bad. So 20, 30 pounds of crystals would be a fair bit of crystals. Can I send an offering up to the, to the brothers and sisters up. in space that I'm maybe. Send some weed up. Some weed and some crystals. So we get some radiation yeah. in there. Yeah. We get some super powered bud. Big, twice as big. You imagine? Then we got a business model. <laughs> then we got a business model. So you're going to cleanse the crystals in the direct moonlight yeah. or something? Yeah, well, or? you're still only 40 kilometers up, so there's still some atmosphere and stuff, but it's a lot thinner than here. Hmm. So your crystals, I guess, I'm guessing it does something. I don't know. I'm sure we got plenty of crystal people listening. They can let us know what being in. Uh, yeah, plus 40... we'll, we'll get some other ideas and stuff to pack in there. If you're serious about the 20, 30 pounds, that's quite a bit. Well, the way helium works is it's roughly an ounce per cubic foot. That's a pound every 16 ounce. Every 16 cubic feet is good for a pound. And we'll have like 440 cubic feet. So, uh, 10, 163, 20, you know, not quite 30 pounds, probably like 27. Yeah. Should be good. 26, 27. All the cameras and stuff will probably take up, you know, should only take up six, seven pounds. We good. Get the GPS in there so we can find it when it lands. Yeah, the parachute. Parachute. I wonder what happens if like two of the balloons pop first. <laughs> What do you mean? We should put the balloons like in succession, I guess. Yeah. Because if we put them on like different sides, two of them could pop and it just dumps everything out. I guess it'll all be pretty secure. That thing's going to blow around quite a bit. And we're going to do it in the winter. Why? Well, I'm hoping it depends on how the crowdsource goes, of course, but I'd like to do it in the winter. I think when it's super cold out, it'll just, it's different. I think it's all going to be a little clearer. You know what I mean? So since James was here last week, you guys have seriously started up of like something that you're going to actually fall through this. Yeah. There's already a, there's already a crowd page and it's already got like $350 in sponsors. America.ca slash Gasa. And now we'll have a rocket. This is great. We've almost got like a space program. I have an email talking about this and I wanted to bring it up, but I don't think I can find it so quick. The space program email about the America space program? Well, sort of. Yeah. About this whole flat earth, round earth thing. It's getting a bit much. Think so? Maybe it's flat. <laughs> I don't know if I can find it. 
Oh, you, you're operating on your phone again? See what happens every time you let James touch your computer? <laughs> yeah, I'll put on a jingle to kill some time for you. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Speaking we of the space program. Dark Sky, which is great. <laughs> Had a plan, camping, pitched a tent, went back there for the night. Crystal clear. Darkest night. So I had to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Okay, 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 okay. So this is from Ryan. He says, seriously, Bubba, fuck the flat earth idiots. I completely agree with Team Graham. Fuck getting involved. The thing is spreading like a virus, and we only add fuel to the fire by paying them any attention. That's Ryan from relatively flat Kansas. Probably flat there for sure. I don't think it's flat. I think it's round. Do you still want to give it this attention? We're going to prove it. I should be able to calculate what the radius exact fucking curvature should be at 120,000 feet or whatever. Make a line on Photoshop and see how it lines up to the picture. Unless the picture's flat, in which case, I don't know what I'll do. Probably just cry. So I got another email from a guy in Calgary too. Martin, you want me to read that yeah. one? Oh, is that the guy who wants to help out? Yeah. He th- he's on the other side. Yeah. Hey there, fellas. I'm a pretty new listener. Having heard maybe a dozen episodes, I wanted to reach out to you guys as a ball earth skeptic. I like that. The way he puts that. In your latest episode, you were talking about doing a curvature experience, and I'm totally down to represent the opposite perspective. Even though I don't call myself a flat earther. I figured that my relative proximity being in Calgary would be helpful for any collaboration. Also, I've been working on an experiment of my own concerning how we can see enough of the Rocky Mountains to prove sufficiently that there is no curvature. If we are to believe the conventional equation for calculating curvature as in 8 inches every X miles, 10 miles squared. I'd be happy to court. I think he means 10 when he says X miles or is he just leaving it open to whatever it's supposed to be? Well, I'm not sure. I'd be happy to correlate these data with any balloon experiment that you guys are working on. I think that doing this sort of test within a predefined and measured area will be an important, valuable, an important variable in achieving a satisfactory result. I look forward to hearing back. Thanks, Marty. Well, we well, should, poor, I haven't we responded bring, to him yet, so I hope bring, he's okay with me reading it. Your beard is presenting a problem. It's scratchy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Don't scratch it. See, scratch it. Okay, that's right. We should get Marty involved. We need a flatty. We need yeah. a flatty on board. No, he's not a flatty. He's a ball earth skeptic. Same thing. But anyway, that's enough time talking about Okay. What else you got? You have a quote. Really? That's still a thing? Please don't be from the CIA. That's so funny. Is that the CIA page? No. Okay, good. It was I don't a, like the CIA page ones. I prefer a real quote. It was a cigar shaped and yellow in color. It traveled across slowly for a few seconds, then shot off into the night at a fantastic speed. We didn't know what it was, nor had we ever seen anything like that. But many reports have been made at the police station of strange lights and objects. That was Police Constable William Bryan, Banbury, Oxfordshire. Object also witnessed by Police Constable Perry Jackson. Perry Jackson? Yep. The, where, where was that? In, well, it was in probably in Banbury, Oxfordshire. 
Oxfordshire. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. You're English. You should be telling me. I've never been a poor. Well, I, I said I said it, so just go with that. You know, yeah, I, no, I don't trust you though. <laughs> you didn't say it with enough authority. Anywho, nice quote. I prefer the quotes to you just reading some website. It's the CIA website I that I care. usually read. So it's pretty care. important that they've been tracking this Is and looking into all this. Well, yeah, because there's still a bunch of skeptics out there that think there's no there's no phenomena here to see. And there is. Like your fucking quote from the CIA pages are like, you know what? This motherfucker's right. What? Nothing. Oh, okay. Anyways. Anyway. Should we break into to Kristen's little segment here? Sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's jump into that for a minute. We'll catch you guys on the other side. All right. For this intro as well, we have Kristen Skelton with us. She's a friend of mine, kind of in the spiritual community. I know her, her friends and her mother. and. Uh, She's here to talk about a sustainable focused startup called Bud Funding. And I think you, uh, you just finished school, eh, Kristen? And you're starting up this company to, uh, to help uh, sustainable projects? Yep. Yeah, I just finished a master's uh, in science focused in sustainable energy development. Wow. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show to talk about this. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what, so explain that a little bit more um, in detail there. Like, so you, you're a master's of science in sustainable um, energy type stuff. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So um, in the beginning, when I was thinking of uh, developing a thesis, I was trying to think of what would have a lasting impact and also why are like lots of these amazing innovations, amazing projects, why, what's holding them back and why aren't they um, happening? And so a big thing is that these projects are so costly and, um, and this industry really needs funding right now. So I, um, I have a, a partner on the project and we came together to, we're working towards creating a, um, crowdfunding platform to, uh, to focus and support sustainable projects. Nice. So can you give us an example? Like what would some, some of these projects Like you must've had to research some of the potential types of things. So what would some of the projects be? Like if somebody has an idea, um, of, of a yeah. sustainable thing or how, how much, how much, uh, so, so basically it could be anything, anything from like a composting project to maybe like a, a solar project um, and even up to something bigger like a geothermal where you wouldn't necessarily crowdfund the whole project, but maybe you would crowdfund a certain section of the project. Um, so basically as long as it has a sustainability tie and why we why we chose sustainability is because we found that on current crowdfunding platforms, um, environmental community sustainable projects have the lowest success rate. Huh. Wonder why that is. Well, a lot of the times it's it's tough because um, so say you have a solar project and you're on a rewards based platform. So if you're creating a solar project, what are you going to give for your rewards? 
right? So it's, it's tough. It has to be something that's connected to the project, but it also has to be something that you can provide. Um, and so, so like an, a good example would be in Mexico, there's a solar project. So what they did was they couldn't necessarily give away PV panels, but what they did is they, um, contacted the local community and then they partnered with them to their reward was coffee grown in, in that area. So that's kind of something that you could do. Um, so it's, it's tough to figure out what the rewards would be that could be related to that, but also, uh, sustainable projects are typically kind of complex. So maybe the average person might not understand what you're trying to do in a one to two, even a five minute video. Yeah. Yeah. It's sustain- so can you talk about some of the ways that you would measure sustainability? Because I could see that being very complicated. Like you hear these people talking about Tesla's company and, and all the subsidies it's getting and the amount of resources it takes to make the batteries. Like, so then there's that whole, that there's that whole opposite argument of um, how much, how much does it take to make this sustainable thing? Yeah, totally. And like the precious metals that go into it. And, and another thing with, um, electric vehicles, you have to look at your grid, right? What, so where is that electricity coming from that you're putting into your vehicle? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, If it's coming from say BC, where most of their power is coming from hydro, then that's not so bad. But if you're coming from um, Alberta, then the electricity grid, it's not that great to drive a Tesla over your average vehicle. However, that is changing. Oh, I see. So because of where our energy, like because of how clean our energy source is, or for example, like in BC, it would be hydro for the most part and is what you're saying. And then yeah, you're based out of Alberta. So that's a good example. And then you're thinking that Alberta Right now, it's not so beneficial for electric vehicles because of how, what, how dirty our energy yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. Or? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, maybe if you went to Ontario, lots of their um, energy is produced from wind. So then, again, that would be a little bit better. So it's it's all about the electricity grid at the end of the day. So, and and then, so you have to measure like the other thing about it would be, I guess, for hydro, like what does it take to build a dam and all that as well, right? Yeah. Like how far back do you have to go? Uh, that's, that's kind of tough to, tough to figure out because if you, if you're going back to a dam that's been there for a lot, a long time, then I think that even though, of course, there's, like if you're changing the environment, there are going to be environmental effects. Um, the fish are going to be impacted. Um, local vegetation is going to be impacted. Uh, however, I still think that that would be better than that is better than generating coal for the electricity grid mix. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, so if it's a if it's a recent hydro project then there it's going to there are going to be a lot of impacts however if it's been there for a while then generally um nature can adapt right right so cuz i think i think i heard about this hydro project that was starting in northern bc or alberta that's now i think it's been shelved or put on hold so which was supposed okay. to be a pretty big project i don't know if you ever heard about that one i haven't but also mm-hmm. they are like really expensive too right yeah, yeah. yeah all that stuff in place. So you're based out of 
Alberta, like Calgary specifically then? Yeah. Yeah. We're starting here and so, expanding. So what are the, some of the things you're doing to start up, like to get, to get uh, mm-hmm. this thing off the ground? So um, this Saturday, we're having our first sustainability expo and it's um, our company's soft launch. Nice. So what we're what we're trying to create is a really cool kind of innovative uh, one-on-one um, opportunity for people interested in sustainability to talk to um, startups and founders. So what it's going to look like like is there will be a sustainability panel. Um, on the panel, we're going to have a, a, a founder of an Orbis. Um, the company is really cool. They do um, sustainability luxury travel. So they'll pick you up at your door, drive you uh, to another city. They have onboard Wi-Fi and you'll get there in a shiny new Tesla. Again, it's all dependent on the, the grid right now, which is not better than a um, regular car, but you get the luxury and you get onboard Wi-Fi and they pick you up and drop you off. Um, at your destination. So it's really cool to see what they're doing. Um, and then we have uh, another, we're talking, the panel will be also um, Solegra. So they work primarily in Southern Alberta and they're doing some innovative installations of sol- solar panels, so uh, photovoltaics. So what they do is um, on a crop of farmland, usually you water in a circle and then there's wasted space in the corners. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then what they would put there is they'll put solar panels on that wasted space to generate electricity. Nice. And then we also have a prof from the university that's been really active in um, the sustainable energy development program there. And then we have uh, green Calgary is, is coming and they'll be, they have a booth. And so there'll be different companies. Um, they're kind of showcasing their innovations and, um, how they're trying to make Alberta more sustainable. Nice. Do you think farming will be a big part of that? Like we, t- it seems to come up a lot oh, on the show here, like, like local, like bringing things back locally <laughs> and local farming and, and stuff like that. Uh, and, yeah, and, and we've had it, we had like Joel Saladin on, who was like one of the most famous kind of, you know, sustainable farmers in the States. And mm-hmm. it's amazing what they're doing to reclaim the land, you know, using, you know, even though they're still, you know, they're still killing animals for, for meat and stuff, but they're, but they're doing it in a, you know, a humane and sustainable way. Yeah, definitely. Our agriculture industry really needs to change. And again, that comes to us as consumers. Where are you putting your dollar? Yeah. Yeah. You need to go to the farmers markets and support, um, the farmers that are, are, are working hard. You don't want to, you know, put your dollar, put your vote to the, the big box farmers where they're squishing the, the little guys out. So do you, do you, after researching all this and seeing all the potential out there, do you, do you have a positive view of the future and do you have any things that you think might be really kind of in the works that people don't really know about? Oh yeah. I mean, the, basically sustainability is innovation. You can't have sustainability without innovation. And that's all it is, is it's just thinking of new ways to do things, thinking of new materials, Plastic is a huge one. We need to um, 
think of new new materials. There's a really cool company out of Sweden, and they they're making this um, algae. Uh, water bottles out of algae so once the water is out of the container it decomposes within like a week and there's a, actually another really cool company that's coming to our event this saturday they're called dry leaf and they make uh, disposable cutlery and plates for events or for anything and it's made out of leaves and like you can literally just throw it in your backyard when you're done with it and it will decompose within a few weeks um but yeah, there's definitely, there's huge hope and there's so many interesting innovations and, and young entrepreneurs making a change. So, I mean, the future is limitless. <laughs> I mean, it's just all about innovation and creating, having new ideas. Like it's really exciting. It reminds me of that maker space we were talking about, Darren. What's that place called again? We're going to go visit remember. it in Calgary. Like like Proto-Calgary or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they're doing a whole bunch of cool, you know, inventions and sort of like indie innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is interesting to see where where we'll go in the next few years. Because, I mean, besides just the, the solar and the wind and all that kind of stuff, there's got to be something else that's... Oh, yeah. That I mean... And if you think about it, okay, so solar is not super efficient. It's about 22% um, efficient at turning the sun's light into energy. But think of like, you know, the technology has not been geared towards that. People haven't really been interested in making that technology better like they are now. So it's just like a matter of time before, you know, big changes are coming. And I mean, there's so much research getting done right now in this industry. It's really exciting. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Right on. So then what after, after the expo, what's next? So after the expo, then we're actually going to do a really cool event with in Orbis. So they're the Tesla luxury transportation. Can you, can you spell um, that? Can you spell that for me? Yeah. It's I N O R B. I-S, I believe. Oh, okay, just... I thought so. That's what I had. I just wondered. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to partner with them and we're going to be giving um, free rides to people all around Calgary. And so basically, if you go to our Facebook page, which is just the Sustainable Development Group, um, and you set, uh, like it and send us a message, then you We'll pick you up and drive you around. We haven't announced the the date yet for that, but that's going to be decided next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, and then, are you are you guys fully up and running now, or is this like this is your soft launch? So, and then, what's your plan after after all that? Like, how do you go about, you know, solidifying all this? Or mm-hmm. so right now, we are testing some um, projects on our platform. So, and our platform is still, um, it's up, but it's not a hundred percent beautiful. We're still working on it, making it, that's the startup life is just, everything is always changing. Um, so we're working, um, with, uh, to fund a hundred percent renewable eco community in Okotoks. So that's going to be a pilot project. Um, and then we're also working with Solegra, um, for a plot near a medicine hat. And then we're also going to be working, um, piloting a solar project in Mexico. 
Cool. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. Excuse to go visit RPJ. Yeah, we have some friends in Mexico, and uh, yeah. The, so I wonder. Um, so how do people? So if people want to help you out, how does that? How does that work? Like in general, if businesses or or, or private people want to to help, how does it? How does it work with like like donations and funding and? and yeah. That kind of thing? So, so our first project will be live. Um, this weekend so they can go to our website budfunding.com yeah um you can also anyone can buy tickets to the event this saturday they're just five dollars and just go to budfunding.com they're there um and if anyone has any questions feel free to send me an email it's just my first name kristin k-r-i-s-t-i-n at budfunding.com and uh we can go from there Cool. So what about in general, like in the future of this, like when you, like, let's say I want to, I want to put some money into, or some time and can people volunteer time as well? Like what if I, what if I want to help out in the hundred percent eco community? Like what would that, um, what would that look like in the future? Like if this crowdfunding yeah. thing, would I donate money and or time if I wanted to? That could definitely be arranged right now. We're kind of looking for if anyone has like marketing skills um, and they want to get involved in a sustainable company, then we can definitely work with that. And I mean, if anyone wants to be a part of the sustainable community in Alberta, um, our Facebook group is always growing and we allow all our members to post as long as it's related to sustainable development. Mm -hmm. So that's just the sustainable development group and that's on Facebook. Um, and we're always posting interesting innovation. So it's a great place to learn like what's going on in the world and to give everyone out there hope for the future. Um, and to connect with other people interested in sustainable development. Right on. What sorts of payment are you guys going to take? Are you going to take bitcoins or anything like that? Anything sort of new agey? Um, <laughs> we're not like that. <laughs> I wouldn't I call know, it new Bitcoin, agey. <laughs> Bitcoin is like huge right now. Um, right now, no, we're not. We're not going to be taking Bitcoin, but that could definitely be something in the future. It's Bitcoin seemed to get really popular for a while, and then everyone lost interest, and now it's like everyone's talking about it again. So interesting i need to get back on that train of what's going on in that world not at thirteen thousand dollars a piece what's that like 50 grand canadian yeah wow so is there anything we we uh that we you want to say before uh we let you go anything we left out um no i think that's good um but if anyone feel free to give me a a shout and join our Facebook group so uh, we can come pick you up in a shiny new Tesla. Nice. Yeah. Darren, do you have any questions? No, I'm going to go for a Tesla ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come with us. <laughs> well, well, thanks for hopping on. We encourage everyone to check out the website. And if you're in Calgary, go to the event and take for a ride in a Tesla. Yeah. Or even Red Deer. Like the people might, people might be coming from other parts of yeah. Alberta, right? So yeah. There's a guy coming from Edmonton. So yeah, wherever. Right on. Come and you're on gonna over. go pick him up. Do you have to pick him up in Edmonton? <laughs> I I don't think we for the pickups. It's just going to be Calgary based. Is it, is the Tesla driving itself, or do you have a driver in there? 
Um, there's going to be a driver, but we're, you'll get a demo of like everything. So it'll oh, be really cool. Of like the self-driving, it's like self-parking yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tesla did the best self-driving video. Like, there's a bunch of these cars selling, selling it now on their websites, but they Tesla's the is pretty cool. Did they use the one that drove under the transport truck? I don't Everybody know. Everybody was watching the movie. No, they I didn't use that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Kristen. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like thanks. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of hustling, so but it's fun. Thanks That's so good. much for having me, guys. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah, good luck on the weekend. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. So okay. speaking of crowdfunding. <laughs> Check out Comerica.ca support, guys, and do uh, some crowdfunding here. <clears throat> our value for value model of course we don't do any ads we don't sell you anything no we sponsors we don't make you guys the product uh and we give it all away free i think this will be like episode 257 all about two hours a piece all for free and, and we have a bunch in the black budget too black budget food. oh yeah that's right those are the ones we started uh giving to to the people that do support the show the few of them that do the less than one percent uh they get access to an extra show or two a month which has uh some edgier content a little bit. Some of it's a little just rougher, rougher for sure. <laughs> it's definitely rougher, but uh, everyone seems to enjoy it. So that's good. So yeah, and you get that if you do, if you sign up for any monthly or do a one-time donation support at any level gets you access to that. And the people do seem to be enjoying it. You had a pretty, you had a pretty good uh, episode out in there last. I think the latest one was still the vaccine one from you. So if people are interested in that whole vaccine well, debate, you know, we did, is, we did sort of like a first, uh, first crack at that. The latest one was talking with Michael and Jerry and Adam. Oh, you did do that. That, yeah. that is now. That That's go? in there. It was good. Yeah. People liked it. Yeah. Right on. That's in there too. So I think there's 14, 15 shows in there now. It's amazing nice. how quick got, that builds up. Yeah, we got some stuff ready for that as well. Some more stuff. So Yeah, we got some more. We got some fun ideas for that. Um, yeah, it's good. So yeah, if you can sign up for a month, you guys, it really does help. The support of the show is, uh, like I say, less than 1%. <clears throat> so if you do want to be a 1%er at some point in your life, you can be one in America by signing up for like a buck a month and you're a 1%er. And that gets you access. Any any donation at all access. gets you access. Yeah. Uh, of course, we prefer if you could do uh, two or three, but we'll settle for a buck. If anyone did a buck, we'd be laughing. The most popular one seems to be the $5 a month, about a buck a show. Of course, lots of people do one-time donations, and that's fine too. Uh, there's a bit Bitcoin portal on the website you can use if you want to do some Bitcoins. Um, make sure you use the right address. Sometimes people send Bitcoins to the wrong address. I heard that's the thing. So, really? You don't, you don't want to like do that. That happens more often than not, or not more often than not, but... More often than people think. Happened to me. I know that. I shudder to I'm think of what those bitcoins are worth right now, like <laughs> seven grand. <laughs> anyway, just send, use the PayPal. Bitcoin's too confusing. Um, yeah, and you don't even have to send cash, guys. There's ways you can support the show that don't cost you nothing. Send in your synchros, your feedback, all that stuff. Uh, to Graham at GrahamAmerica.com, G-R-A-H-A-M. That's right. All that helps out. You can review the show, share the show. There's been a few more reviews lately, so that's great. Oh, well, yeah. There's 175 on U.S. iTunes, I think. Something like that. So it's not a stretch to get to 1,000, really. Five times that. So, yeah. Review iTunes. That's a big way to help the show. Yeah, hope people can do that every week. Review the show, share the show. Try and share the show at least once a week. Give somebody the gift of Grammarica for Christmas. And uh, <clears throat> type your friend's email into the newsletter. Type your friend's email into the newsletter. Yeah, all good things. All good things. 
And uh, yeah, big thanks to Felix for the Christmas carol song he sent us that you guys have heard on the show. That's for our buddy Felix. He's actually going to join us one day soon here and fucking for five, ten minutes and talk about some of the jingles he's made for us. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I think that's about it, guys. Do everything Graham's got in the show notes and all that stuff supports the show in some way, shape, or form. I think that's about it. Yeah, enjoy this awesome chat with Matt Belair. Enjoy the chat, yeah. Super excited here tonight. We've got a fellow Canadian, fellow podcaster, Canuck. Zen Canuck, Zen athlete, Matt Belair. We've been connected somehow through like listeners and your trip to Egypt and now looking into your work and your podcast. I'm just super excited to talk to you. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Yeah, fellas. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's just fascinating how a lot of our topics uh, overlap, even though you're more of like the... Uh, you know the the super athlete, the Zen guy, but a lot of that stuff overlaps with the you know the stuff that we talk about and the guests that we've had on. I mean, you just had Michael Tellinger on. You were in Egypt and this having this amazing experience, and we had the Jamie Janover on before, and you were there with the Resonance Academy. And we've been listeners have been emailing us about you know more people that we should have on about that specific trip, and now here you are. So I don't even know where to start because we could get into your you know your background a little bit, or we could just jump right into Egypt. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, um, well, I'll just make a comment on uh, just the work. You know, for me doing the sports side of things, it's it was really about just seeing what's possible for myself, right? And in exploring yourself, you explore consciousness and reality. Yeah, and so when you do that that leads into exploring, right? And so, you know, the guests that we have on, like I explore myself through meditation and martial arts and, and training and, and then actually going to the places, you know? And so, you know, part of my training was with uh, Shaolin monks in China because I wanted to know if what they did was for real, breaking stone and all that kind of stuff and go go to the space. Right. Um, and so that's what Egypt was like, was getting to the bottom of it, you know? Watching documentaries is one thing, you know, reading books is one thing and they're all great, but getting into it with the people that know their shit is how you can figure it out. Like direct experience is all, you know, and you barely even know that because, you know, reality is tricky through the five senses. Right. So hopefully you're, you're taking it in as it exists. So how did you start into this journey? Like you, you spend a lot of years uh, snowboarding, like obviously you're a pretty top athlete and then you transition into and to taking that to the next level through like spiritual work and, and learning Zen type stuff. Like, can you talk about that a bit? Yeah. So for me, like the, the beginning was, uh, 
I was just made like this. That's the easiest way I put it. You know, when I was four, I was watching every martial arts video I could find and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And I was just curious what I was capable of. Mm-hmm. And I believed, you know, what I was watching. I believed that these monks could do this. And I started researching superhumans and just the most extraordinary human beings. And I always felt intuitive. I always felt that there was there was so much more than just the physical reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm doing meditation when I'm a kid trying to figure that out. And then in my teens, I'm looking into um, astral projection, lucid dreaming, anything around <laughs> consciousness. But mostly it started from being a martial artist because part of that discipline is going within. And I had that really early. You know, this is a part of it. It is quieting your mind, going within. And so Zen philosophy, I was reading in my teens as well, enlightenment, anything to expand my consciousness. Um, but I was always an athlete. So I was always a martial artist, uh, really great skateboarder when I was you know, in my teens. That's my one regret was quitting because I was so good at it. But none of my friends want to skate anymore. Um, so I'd rather hang out with them than by myself. Um, then I went into snowboarding and and it was always a natural progression, yeah. still reading, still experimenting, um, but always just trying to express myself in things that I enjoyed. And that that turned out to be skateboarding, snowboarding, martial arts, uh, travel and things like that. So, you know, it was always natural. It was always like one motion, you know, spirituality, consciousness, self-development, peak performance, and then. Like, what the fuck is going on on the planet? I don't know if we can swear. Or I should yes. swear yeah. No, so go for it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Nobody's asking any questions. Like, what the, what the actual flying F-bomb is going on? Nobody's, like, curious. Like, what I'm being fed is horseshit. And, you know, when I was 15, 16, I was like, how do we still have war? So exactly. that opened up the rabbit hole of conspiracy theory. And then I'm like, hey, guys, like, did you know this? And nobody gave a shit. And I was like, does nobody care? Because like this, the one story I'm being fed is horseshit, and this one makes a lot more sense. But people think I'm a lunatic. Yeah, I'm like this is very interesting. And so then you keep going down the rabbit hole, and all of a sudden you're in Egypt in a tomb in the center doing some sort of like activation. Wow. (laughs) And then your just mind is like, even though like I've done deep meditation, popped out of the body, you know, I can lucid dream, I can do all that kind of fun stuff, um, done ayahuasca. But when you're in it, even though it's like 3D physical reality, it's still hard to believe that it's happening. And so part of the training as like a martial artist and an athlete is to be present. Yeah. So I'm like, just just be present in this. You are actually in the middle of the Great Pyramid yeah. doing an activation. Like, yeah, don't overthink insane. it. Don't overthink it. You know, I'm here. Just, I'm here. You can yep. overthink yourself. Think yourself right out of the moment. Yes. Yes, exactly. So that's, that's what, that's what I felt in Egypt is really powerful. That place is, is, is something else like, you know, being in it is fascinating. So I don't know if you, if you have any specific listener questions on that trip, but I can give you my interpretation. Let's yeah, let's just get into the Egypt thing right now then. So you had, so you have like, we have the resonance Academy. That's, um, that's, um, what's his name? Uh, now I'm just drawing a blank there. Nassim Harriman. Then I mean, I saw a lecture of his in Calgary for four hours. There was supposed to be a panel afterwards, and he just kept rolling with it, and everybody was just enthralled for hours. So I mean, he's he's mind blowing. So to go to Egypt with a bunch of really cool people, open minded, interesting people, and learn like with with that academy must have been an amazing experience. Yeah, man, it was absolutely. Tremendous. And how I had the opportunity to go was he came through Sedona and I watched him speak and he was talking about the documentary and how 
he wanted some help marketing it. And I was like, I'll help you market it. You know, you're doing good. Why not? Like, I know a thing or two about marketing and got connected to Chris Almeida, who you should check out the Arc Crystals. It's their first technology coming out. But I was aware of his work from back in the day trying to figure out what was going on. And he had an eight hour video and I started it. I was like, I can't watch eight hours of this. Literally eight hours later, I'm done watching the video. I <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh my God, I was in the Whistler days. I just couldn't shut it off. Um, so we're going there and we're, we're in Egypt with literally ranked some of the smartest people on the planet. Um, you've got one of our guides, Youssef, mm, should remember his last name, but his dad founded Kemetology, which is Egyptology. Um, so we've got the most legit guides you could imagine. And we're getting lectures and tours and, you know, these Egyptologists and geologists and everything giving their story. They gave us like this is the official story and yeah. this is what we have, man. And and so some of the OK, so some of this is a super unbelievable for sure. Um, and some of it I'm not allowed to say, so I got to be careful with what I do share. But what I, I can I can share a few things. Okay. Um, this is uh, we'll just go into one of the most unbelievable things that I heard on the trip. Um, so one of the guides, um, wish I could remember his name. I could find him on Facebook, but he's talking about how him and his friends were doing um, digs, you know, and how there's a spirit. Yeah, and I actually shouldn't name his name, uh, but apparently there's a story, and this could be fiction or nonfiction, and. Uh, he says that they found a box or something and they open up this box and there's little tiny balls, these little like jelly, jelly type balls. Right. So they pick up the balls and it's him. It's just him and like two other people that had, had found this um, box or whatever when they did this dig. And I don't know how kosher this dig was. I think it was OK, but, you know. I, I think it was OK. It was it was sanctioned dig. And anyway, he says that his friend sneezed of all things, his friend sneezes and blows these balls on the ground. And they think like, oh, my God, like that was the most tragic thing you could have possibly done. Like, what are you doing? And apparently they just morphed back into and they all came together like some sort of magnetic field. And then he held up. Then he said the weirdest thing, though, was when he had them, he had them by a mirror and there was no reflection on them. <laughs> And and usually, like, you know, I've done, you know, and I realize if you're just listening to this and I'm sure your audience is totally fine, but I'm really good at telling when somebody's lying to my face. You don't just make up a random story like that. And that's why these guides were super stoked to have us there, because we're people that are fine with ancient civilizations, um, the possibility of ETs, you know, or coming back in time. But. You know, if we progress linearly, right? So we 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 have uh, you know horses, and then we have a car, and then we have the industrial age, and then we have the technological age. Well, how do you explain thirteen thousand years? Or well, the official story is four. Yeah. But if you look at Robert Schock's yeah. work, and and all, everybody there that was a pretty intelligent human was like, it's not. Yeah. yeah. That's that's ridiculous. It's like it's closer to thirteen thousand. Um, it's like it had to be some sort of advanced race because you have two hundred ton laser cut stones and it's built on a shelf. And I didn't realize that um, you guys probably already know this, but there's an outer casing shell. So it's supposed to be smooth. Uh, yeah. the, what we see is the inner shell. They're a casing yeah. shell. So I learned yeah. and a tremendous amount. And from a, a physical perspective, you could sit and meditate, you know, on the rock and I, my body would literally um, just like 
pulse? really get the energy. Yeah. yeah, it would pulse. But I've been doing, I've done a lot of meditation in my life. And as of the recent, I would say the last couple of years has started happening, but you know, I meditate like an hour a day for like, I'd say 10 months last year. I have been doing less. I've been doing more breath work now. Yeah. But in that hour of meditation, um, my body would start to just kind of wiggle with energy, just so it's <laughs> pulsing back and forth. Yeah. So, you know, you can tune in a little bit and you don't know what it is, but uh, it's a very fascinating place if you look into it. Yeah, for sure. I always wonder what those pyramids look like with the capstone and with the smooth sides and the different, uh, who knows the different lights or whatever they had back then. I mean, it was, uh, it was probably a sight to see. And I mean, we talk about that too, and all these ancient civilizations. And I think we were way more advanced than anybody realizes back then, you know, even before the ice age, probably. Definitely before the ice age seems to be, I don't know. It depends on the advanced. Well, no advanced. It doesn't mean tech technologically. It could be, um, all, you know, or maybe there's some technological, but maybe not electricity, but maybe some other static electricity. I mean, we had a guy batteries. on well, talking had about dad batteries. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to to do things. So, so you, you were in the Great Pyramid then. I I spent a little. I was there in 1991. Um, spent some time in there, but I, I was too honestly. I was too young, and I didn't have the same reverence that I should have. Like, I wish I would have spent some time meditating in there, you know, I saw it, I kind of, but I didn't really like hold that space, you know, that I should have, I, I wish I would have been mm-hmm. able to go in there and, and really sort of, I don't know, just be in a different state, you know, Said I'd well, over. you're, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not allowed to meditate. Apparently it's like, what are the rules? It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. So, but we actually got to go in all three pyramids right. uh, that 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 hasn't been allowed forever i guess i guess nobody's ever been allowed to do that so we got to go wow. in all three and i was the last group with nasim um and we had uh you know our superpower necklaces on too um which which the science so anybody out there check out arccrystals.com because it's like his leading science it's the first product they've made and they've done tests on and all the research not all of it but some of the research is on their website right now and they're doing tests with charging the water that they give to plants and the plants are growing two to four hundred times bigger faster you know look for the exact stats i don't know but it's ridiculous whatever it is um and it's resistant to chemicals and i taught i had um crap william brown on my podcast he's a biophysicist and i got a good chance to talk to him and you know, we went in deep about the crystals and his research and what he's doing. And he's like, man, he's like, these things are are fantastic. He's like, I can't even release what I'm getting on, on the human body yet with what this does as, as far as coherence fields. Um, but let's just say they're pretty freaking powerful. So what's and the difference so, between the, these crystals and, and nor, your normal like quartz crystal or something? Is this, is this made man-made or is it um, mod- modified or something or? So as or, I understand yeah. it, so I definitely don't want to represent their sales force, but um, it is, they're grown in Japan, I believe. So they grow them from Japan. And the special thing is whatever this freaking device they have in in uh, California is some sort of like 5D super device. He explained it in Sedona too. And all I can say is after 30 minutes, 40 minutes of him going on about this machine is science. I don't know what he said. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just does not look like they're messing around. And, you know, when you talk to William Brown and you and Nassim lectures about it, you know that whatever it does, it essentially holds, because crystals now can hold thought. And one of the people actually, as a 
relevant side note, um, I'm friends with Walber Pinto, who was mentored by Marcel Vogel. You guys know who Vogel is? Yeah, Vogel, the crystal dude. Yeah, so this, so uh, Vogel had, he apprenticed a lot of people, but he actually gave this man, Walber Pinto, who will be coming out of the woodwork soon, hopefully, wow. all of his all of his research. And Walber is consistently on the phone telling me stuff that people would think you're an insane person if yeah. you heard somebody say these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of the basic stuff is that crystals can hold thought. Crystals can charge water. You can amplify your thought and healing through crystal. So the Vogel crystals, the 144 and cut into sacred geometry. Yeah. Now he has new cuts um, with them. And so it's essentially just using oh. it as, um, I don't know, like in the same way that a flashlight amplifies your eyes in the night, right? It's a tool so it can amplify your the, your thoughts. It might be the electric – Dr. Joe Dispenza says your thoughts are the electrical charge to the quantum field <laughs> and your your emotions are the magnetic charge. And he's you know breaking the bat, habit of being yourself and you are the placebo and he has the leading science of basically – this is the way I summarize it. He says, hey, meditate on health if you are sick. And if you do it for long enough, you'll cure yourself. And lo and behold, people are curing themselves of terminal illnesses, cancer, all all this stuff. And he's measuring it in these workshops. And he has kundalini experiences on EEG scan and spontaneous healings on EEG scan. And people always know when it happens. Yeah. And it's just continuously going in that state. So for me, you know, doing sports psychology and getting better at sport and peak performance and being the best athlete possible – that has nothing on, you know, that's like baby steps to where I want to go. You know, yeah. I want to be able to, you know, just, you know, go way beyond that. Levitate. So it's, I mean, it, it is amazing Levitate. about the crystals because, you know, and I, I was, we were going out for, a, you know, we were looking for UFOs one night in the C-City group and I met this guy. He was a, an old uh, gray haired scientist who used to program crystals for NASA and stuff. Right. I mean, these things have been in the scientific community. They've been programming these crystals for the space program for, you know, how long, but that doesn't really make it as a, as an acceptable part of our culture. You know, Christopher's looked at, looked at as uh, you know, woohoo and all this. And now it, now we're finding out from these guys. Like crystals as hard drives. Is that what we're talking about here? Essentially? Well, I think so. Yeah. But he's talking about programming be. it with thoughts and it can, you know, amplify your energy and all this. So now they're, they're using this machine to, do something of the crystals that increases the frequency in water and all this kind of stuff, I guess is the gist. Yeah. So, so, so I would imagine as, as creating a coherent field. And I think that, um, ArcCrystals.com. I've been talking to Crystal Media who's doing the uh, marketing on it. They're going to release a lot of their papers and their claims, right? Because they want to, you know, they want it to be scientific, right? So yeah, they want to yeah. keep it super chill, but I am all just, you know, I like to get crazy. But uh, as, as I understand it, 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 it creates a, a field, right? Just a measurable field that can charge water. The same thing like Walbert Pinto was telling me that when he has a crystal in his hand and he does healing, mm -hmm. you know, he can heal people from a distance. And as you know, he said, I had this person with this serious injury gone, this gone, just using the crystal to amplify my intention. He even shows me pictures of him. Um, now they're shitty quality and it does. He's, I don't know. He's a scientist, but he shows me bent quarters and coins. And he tells me that he bent them with his mind. <laughs> and I don't think, and I don't think he's kidding. You know what I mean? I definitely don't think he's kidding. One real thing, you know, for people who find this to be a stretch, which, you know, be skeptical, sure. But um, I like to check it out. Master Go in China, he could break uh, 
stone like an inch thick with two fingers. He could break a thicker piece over his head um, and moving chi, life force, into yeah. a direct spot. So yeah. that's what Walber's doing. And he has the crystal. Right. Um, and then Nassim Haramine doesn't talk about this, uh, but it's one thing I'm allowed to say, I think. But I think um, yeah, yeah. he said it a few times. He's, uh, he was a breatharian, so he didn't eat. I won't say for how long, but he has the ability not to eat. And I know other people who can do that, too. Who, who, who's, so, who's, who is? Uh, Nassim is or who, the other guy is? Who's a breatharian? N- uh, Nassim oh, was wow. for a bit. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, for a bit. Yeah. I, didn't, I yeah. didn't know that. So he said that in his lectures. He also said that at Burning Man. And I uh, said some other things that Bernie Man no one was allowed to say, but uh, I think the breatharian thing, I think the breatharian thing is fine because that's uh, surprising to, you know, people can't wrap their head around that. They say, no, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. Right. And now I, I have people on Facebook. There's breatharian groups out there. Wim Hof is yeah. doing things that everybody thinks not yeah. possible. It's like, you'll die if you go and cold this line. He's like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, He'll climb Mount Everest in his shorts this. and do all kinds of stuff. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this, this and this fasting is amazing too, right? There's all these science and books coming out on fasting. So it's not that much of a stretch that going without food is, you know, I mean, maybe we were supposed to go long periods without food and we're not supposed to eat three fucking huge meals a day. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't eat three huge meals a day. I know you're ahead of the curve there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's just, I think it's just opening up to possibility rather than shutting it down because of something that's outside of you. Like, you know, people would tell me when I was, um, you know, in Egypt, they're like, oh, it was built by slaves. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that if you were here in yeah. this group of, of scientists, yeah. astrophysicists, geologists, engineers, you're not going to stand up and present your theory in front of these people because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Now, if you did thousands of hours of research and you came to that conclusion, sure, share it. Yeah. No problem. Well, listen. Right. But people just. They, they, when they're at a level, they just want to tell you what that, what that level is for them. And that's, that's the possibility. And for me, you know, as long as I open up and, and say, okay, cool, present me the evidence, show me how I, I want, how, um, you know, lay it on me. And then you can tell when somebody either knows their crap or doesn't. So, yeah. you know, just open up to those possibilities. Yeah. So did you have any uh, personal experiences in Egypt during this trip that, uh, you know, something that you hadn't had before or something interesting that you weren't expecting? So, uh, or, or do you want to keep going on about the, um, about the, the, the crystals in the work, whatever, whatever you can say. I mean, I, I know, but so just so everybody knows as well, like I've been in contact with other people that were on that trip and I've heard from our listeners, um, and our friends, uh, Alan, Alan, I think it is he, Alan, who, who's also told us like Greatest he can't, fan. He can't say everything. Alan Neal, I think, is uh yeah. So, oh, Alan, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have been the guy that says I should talk to you too. Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe guy. that's where you heard you heard as well. Yeah. So, anyways, but he Alan's so awesome. so he was like, you know, we can't. Uh, he was going to come Green on. Green is Shakespeare, right? Yeah, that's the Shakespeare guy. Yeah, but he's into but the he, thing, the fireplace. Yeah, but he's also that's somehow connected episode. to Matt here as well because there was an email with with both of us in there. So I there's noticed multiple that. Weird, I caught that. Yeah, yeah, there's multiple levels of synchronicity. Yeah, play, as usual. Yeah, so um. You know, he mentioned that, that a lot of this stuff can't be can't be talked about as well. So, yeah, um, I'm just thinking how I can word because it is exciting stuff. What I can say for me is from doing a lot of independent and I'll, I'll just speak from my theory, because even if you were there as a direct experience 
what people actually thought was happening was different for for every single person, depending on their own level of consciousness. And so from my level of consciousness, I would describe what I felt was happening and what I could observe, which would not necessarily match their experience. So that being said, um, from my experience, you know, I think that the sacred sites, there's over 200, you guys probably know, uh, there are well over 200 documented on the planet. All of them are unexplainable. All of them is some sort of very advanced civilization with our species or something with technology that all the engineers that we we're with are like these, you know, from the way they're built with how they switch different stones and, and the shapes and, you know, having Tellinger on and looking at his work you know he's somebody that i i looked at his work and i've had him on the podcast and i've been able to speak to him personally he shows how the sacred sites you put them but by a computer chip and they look the exact same wow. it's like oh shit so from an aerial view you look at a computer chip and all the sacred sites it's the same shit so you know my my guess from everything that i observed and tried to wrap my head around as as a novice in these field compared to these people was that they're big resonance devices. There's some sort of mass scale planetary device that can create an energy field. And so if you go in with a group of people, just like uh, the studies they show with a group of meditators in Chicago, I think it was Chicago meditating on peace. Have you ever Mm -hmm. heard about that? Yep. Right. So they meditate on peace, the crime rate fell uh, and all that. Yeah. The crime rate fell. Yeah. The, uh, what is it? The mayor's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. You're nuts. This isn't going to work. And then it worked. He's like, holy shit. Um, so you take that idea in a concentrated space, same idea in burning man and healing and group healings and things like that. So if you took a group of people with a direct intention into the pyramids and we were allowed in all three with, you know, technology that's on that we're wearing that amplifies intention, you know, ideally, you know, you could potentially use that source to ascend your own consciousness um, and send a, a ripple. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, in my daily practice, I'm sending ripples of love and intention. In the end of my podcast, I've, if you've heard one or two, I'm just like, you yeah. know, take a moment, take a breath in, connect with your heart, send that ripple out. Because every time we come into coherence and resonance, we're sending that to all beings on the planet. And so for me, what I could specifically do, and I'm not the type that, uh, um, you know, I touch a crystal and I feel it and I'm like, oh, and I embellish. A lot of the times I don't feel shit and I'm sad because I want to. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't play it up, but I could at different spots there go in, touch, touch the stones and just kind of tune into it. Mm-hmm. And I would get lightheaded and, and energy would pulse very uh, strongly through my body and there is another spot that they had there they called it they thought it was a healing space there's these squares you stick your head in and i don't know if uh, jamie talked about them but you stick your head in this square and it's very distinct waves that you can feel not like oh you could kind of feel it like you're in it and you're thinking how the heck is this happening well i've heard and people talk it, about the sarcophaguses themselves having that sort of effect all of it, all of it is resonance based. It's all, you know, it, the way that I see it too, on like the mass scale of like what is happening on the planet from what I can deduce and all this freaking madness is that we're moving to a, to a faster vibration and a more, co- more coherent vibration. Yeah. 
And so this split is happening on the planet and a higher vibration is love, is kindness, is cooperation, is caring. It's a very different vibration than fear and anger and you know all that stuff. And so when you're in these spaces, you can activate your own DNA, your own uh, body, essentially your body's intelligence, your body's spacesuit. And you can also set the intention to try to activate and use these things for what they are to activate yourself and and amplify that signal. And so that's essentially what these crystals are doing. So um, with water, another really huge thing for people to you know get a massive upgrade in their consciousness is the highest quality water you can find. Um, and I'm constantly programming my water. And so now I do more of a meditation ceremony where I take the crystal and I have, you know, my affirmations and what I'm sending out to the world and mm -hmm. I place it there because it gets charged. Yeah. And, you know, like the Masuru Emoto. I was his, yeah. Masuru Emoto, yeah. his name yeah. so is so challenging sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I'll do that and I'll chuck it and then I'll visualize that orb going into the water program. So what's what's happening is that with Walbert Pinto, who will be coming out soon and the Resonance Academy and the Art Crystals and the scientists that are on it. The information's out there, you know, for us to get. It's just whether we're going to tune in because we can't see it. Like you can't see the microwave do its thing. You can't. We have no idea. We can't see um, cell phones. We can't see any of that. Yeah. So it's just it's getting in tune to who and what we actually are to our own abilities. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So super super fascinating. And uh, he didn't say we couldn't talk about this. Robert Grant. Do you guys know who that is? Oh, I've heard the name. No. Uh, he's a big business guy. Um, I just found out him about the trip, and it. Yeah, well, he did a presentation on it, so he didn't. He didn't. I'm pretty sure this is clear. That <laughs> Massimo guy is the same guy from what the bleep do we know, right? N no, no, no. Who's no. he then? Who's Nassim? No, no, not Nassim. The, the guy you just Joe, said. No. Oh, Nassim yeah, Romano? yeah, yeah. That's yeah, from that's what the bleep. Him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Masiru Moto. Yeah. I confuse him with the guy from Iron Chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's the guy that basically shows you know water crystallizing yeah. your, your, thoughts your thoughts and your yeah. words yeah. and you know and word magic. And so you know that was another really really big upgrade was words and the real meaning to the hieroglyphs. And so God is not being God is like, you know, some sort of thing. They say it's, it's more accurately described as nature. Yeah. God is nature, the, the spirit force and things like that. And, you know, me being in, say, consciousness or spirituality space, you know, God is a hot topic. I, I always write about kindness and I'd say spiritual topics, but I never say God for whatever reason. Um, it's well, it's but got I did the connotations. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. People lose their shit and you know, a couple people lost their shit. Um, but well, or even made comments, but then it was good because it made me realize where they were at. And it's, they're always telling you, you know, there's some people put ownership on God. It's like putting ownership on nature. It's like, no, Santa Claus makes the birds fly and everything work. And if you don't worship this Santa Claus, then everything is going to go to hell. And I was like, well, the second you're doing that, you're distorted. You know what, you know, God is in all things, you know, and, and it's that maybe that higher force that's keeping our heart beating or whatever yeah. it's nature. And yeah. that is such a pleasant way for me to hear it is like yeah. nature yeah. spirit. It's wonderful. Right? Yeah. It, just everything is, 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 uh, working as it should. And when you are of, of service to your environment, when you're looking out for the highest good of all concerned in the forest, things just work out a little bit easier than when you're trying to rob the beaver next door 
or the duck down the street. You know, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, Alan mentioned that Robert Grant gave a gave you guys a talk about downloading a math, and that's what it was all about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Robert Grant. All right. So that's I'm not. Awesome. Math. My, my daughter just is loving math. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll like this. So I didn't know math is definitely not my strong suit. It was really hard to follow, but there was a mathematician behind me who I made friends with, which was great. <laughs> so he's going on about how he's come to this conclusion and all his research. And he only had an hour and he probably could have gone for like eight. And he's trying to summarize really, really quick. The base that I could only realize was he deduced it all to root math. And one of his companies and technologies and patents is finding um, and using root math to find uh, health issues, I think, along those lines, something like that. But massive breakthroughs using this. So then he figured you take the root math and you plot it on a full circle because right now for the mathematical constants, and you can look this up too with uh, one of the, all the math, math, mathematical constants in the pyramid are in there. They're all it's shown on, on um, you know, how the pyramid works or whatever. Um, but he is saying that from what he has discovered, the end result, which is the only thing I could kind of tune into, was that he believes we're going to get three new numbers. And I believe one of them was to represent a mathematical constant for gravity, time and magnetism. Mm-hmm. And I don't I get again, this is like my brain trying to figure out what it actually three happened, but it was a lot. Yeah, so he has the he has the uh, the paper, and I told him I was like, dude, you got to publish this paper and and just show it and see, let people take a peek at it. Um, but I asked the friend behind me, I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know what he just said, but to you, you're a mathematician. Did this make sense? And she's like, you know, I'd have to look into it, but it's pretty sound. And what I could understand was deducing it to root math and then plotting it on a full circle. And he just showed how he'd worked up to this to these constants. And uh, I seem really, really confident. So if that is true, um, what I find interesting, and so I've gone through the Resonance Foundation, and I recommend everybody do that. The Resonance Science Foundation, it's such a tremendous course to do. um, And it really upgraded again. So I was new and super green to it. You know, Jamie has been teaching about it for a while, and I'm still wrapping my head around it. But even as a straight up novice, you get so much value from it. And they show where the physics theories came from, why they work with the theories they work on, um, and how how they're building off of that model. And one of the big problems that I see in traditional science and um, you know what's being promoted out there is they have there's there's obvious errors, you know, and they're still working with these algorithms that have these huge glaring errors, and they show you them, and you would think that you would drop that. The problem is if you accept Nassim's work you really F up all the stuff you were doing before. Yeah, the whole paradigm and changes. That's the, yeah. the whole paradigm changes. And so that's what we're in right now, though. And I feel this from, you know, a spiritual sense, kind of like, uh, you know, a yogi in the woods. You know, I connect with nature. I connect with deep meditation. And now I'm coming out trying to learn the other side because it's just naturally been um, really interesting for me. But I've been to these states of consciousness that are not 3D at all. And I can do it on command if I if I want to do a breath technique, uh, but I don't always want to do it. It's a high energy state. It's you know you don't want to stay there. It's not functioning. But when you activate it, it is a whole scale up. Mm-hmm. And so all of this stuff just makes perfect sense to me. Why would we not evolve to this point? You know, why do people want to stay at like a limit, and not see where we could go? But they're not even barely understanding where we are. 
You know, yeah. it's like they're looking back as like, just give us just give us 50 years with high quality education and food and meditation <laughs> and all this stuff. Like what's possible? And just maybe we'll go to where they were 20,000 years ago or 13,000 years ago. I mean, that's the interesting thing. Maybe they were already there. Yeah. So one of the other theories I heard was uh, that we sent the pyramid back. I can't remember who told me this, um, but one of the theories that someone had told me and there was talk about other people really getting heavy downloads from, you know, galactic beings like, you know, the one night after the pyramids, we saw just a bunch of lights go all across the pyramids. Like, like, you know, some people that had never seen a UFO before were like, yeah, that's the clouds moving. I was like, yes, those ones are clouds moving. Yes, but that one is not like and you can see this hole and there's probably like when we left, I would say it was like a fleet. I've never seen so many move like that. And it definitely was because I've been visited a few times by wow. orbs wow. and uh, things. And it was just a bunch moving across the sky. Um, and it was really, really profound, interesting stuff. So I knew a, a couple people there that were talking about really getting heavy downloads from beings and having these experiences and basically the messages were, you know, we're, we're in it. Like it's happening. Right. You right. guys are doing it. it. You know, you're in this, this time on the planet, but it is happening. You know, you're not, because even when you, it's, it's good that you have shows like this because when you're by yourself and nobody believes you and you, you just wonder after a while with all the research you do and the experiences you have, is like, am I a lunatic? <laughs> Everybody seems to think so. Like I, I, I need to check with somebody just to make sure. Cause I yep. could be, so, you know, so. Oh yeah. And I then like we meet all these, we meet all these smart, intelligent, open-minded people that are, that are also interested in it and they're not dogmatic in their views. I mean, we've met this whole community of people that are, that are like yourself, curious and interested in this and, you know, I mean, it's great that you can actually take that and go physically, like you said, to have that direct experience with it. Yeah. And, you know, the the podcast with me and explaining it is literally like, you know, if I take a new person snowboarding, I don't know what is going on. Right. <laughs> but everything that I learned was super sound. And 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 what I could take away was that it these places are super powerful, super sacred. And I watched a documentary on Gaia after and. uh What's this guy's name? It's not Freddie something. Have you heard of Freddie? He's a crop circle guy. But he essentially said that the pyramids, just in their existence, is like this initiation and it activates your DNA just by going there. And it's a 30, 40 minute documentary on Gaia. And it made perfect sense again. And because I could feel it in my body. So just by showing up and going to these sacred sites, they have the power to literally activate your DNA through vibration. And he showed, you know, hieroglyphs and things like that. So, you know, fascinating. Did you climb into the box in there, into that like coffin box, the sarcophagus or whatever? Climbed into all the boxes, man. So we had, we had, we had, um, so when I went in the last three, we got to go in each one and there's only three rooms and we're all basically oming in this room. And it's like something out of this world. Oh yeah, dude. It was so out of this world. I'm just thinking if somebody was not new to this and they walked into that, they would just have no idea what's going on. Um, if, if, you know, if a freaking a spaceship showed up or a galactic being or Jesus Christ or whoever showed up in that room, it would have not shocked me at all. <laughs> it's like you come down the great hall and the great hall is, it's amazing. Great is not a good enough word for it. You're like, Oh my God. And then you're oming and you're going into the box and you have your own intention and you have your crystal on, you know, and you're just like, you know, 
like ready to do this. And, um, you know, and it was really interesting. And I, I was, so I went in all three, right? So there's one in each of the pyramids. And so I saw some weird shit, you know, not nothing out of this world, but, uh, definitely people's bodies being activated, you know, like, and then sounds and stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sounds, sounds that weren't there, sounds that weren't there, like weren't generated by you guys kind of thing or no, no, it was them. It was the, it was the human being activated. Oh, I human. see. I see. Okay. Yeah. It looked like what they got it a sound pool. Like? Does it sound like a cracker? I could... <laughs> Crackle. Whip. <laughs> what did grind. it sound like? Yeah. 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 No, it's that uh, two of them. One of them sounded like communication. It sounded like they had a 20 second communication with something. It was gnarly. Like, and like... so I got to watch. I was holding space, you know what I mean? And doing, you know, my my thing and just giving some chi and some, you know, yeah. good vibes. So I watched everybody go in and it was only a few people, but, uh, even I think subtly you're going to get wherever your consciousness is at, right? Just like everybody's experience is just where their consciousness is with it. What is that? Yep. Just like life, you know? Yeah. So, so really fascinating. So the, so your necklace is, is the art crystal is what you're talking about on your necklace. Yeah. So it pops out. So I can put it up there. So this is the art crystal. Oh. And so, it's housed. So the idea is you can take it out and you can charge your water with it. Um, you can, you know, I put it when I meditate, I put it on my third eye now. And, and when I take it off, I can feel it actually buzzing. Like it, it's like this, it's, it's a, it's just resonance and coherence. And so that's the idea with these or even drinking water or doing something like exercising you're putting your body into coherent vibrational state yeah, yeah so this is assisting in that and if you are um, a meditator and you do energy work and you do things like that it's pretty obvious that th that you can feel this thing yeah, yeah. um and so you know I, ha I have it on pretty much all the time and i'll meditate with it and i'll charge my water with it and uh i can 100 percent taste the difference and and from the people that i've had on my podcast lately and from my own research Water's the best thing you can do oh. to, you know, get yourself natural well water, get yourself um, restructured you know, water. So have you, have you got into all that? Because I'm I'm obsessed by this water thing and I'm I'm just scratching the surface, but <laughs> it's in it plastic. You don't want that in a nineteen seventies <laughs> plastic Tupperware jug. This is a you gotta put 19, it in glass. This is a twenty ten. Pour it pour it over some this crystal. This is a new Tupperware. So that's high quality. So have you this so high what, quality BPA? So there's a whole bunch of different types of water now, and I mean, there's all these different ways to purify it and all this. So I've I've recently uh, tried this John Ellis water. I don't know if you ever heard of of that water. He's he's no. uh, he's apparently it's the purest water out there, and he's uh, he's got this technique of uh, distilling it like a hundred times over. So he's actually taking the deuterium like right out of it, and and it's actually like the purest purest water there is apparently. So hmm. I just started. Well, isn't water using just it. better when it has the stuff in it? Well, that's the thing. Like, is that this is mineral water? Yeah, that's the thing. It, it does lose its mineral and all, but it's got other benefits to it. So there's like a, a whole like space benefits. It's pure water, buddy. Pure, pure water. water. Pure so, water. So <laughs> so I'd love to know what you think water about it one day. Because. <laughs> So I've been thinking about that, like getting, like, you know, I have the Santivia water filter and I'm thinking about restructuring it, pouring it through crystals and getting it through the, you know, get a bit of sunlight or whatever. I mean, it, it is a fascinating topic and it's, 
it's uh but i but i don't know like if this stuff is if it's it's distilled to the point where it's it's dead yet it's pure does it need remineralizing and then restructuring or it's uh it's fascinating sounds like trouble yeah that's what I want to get is a, I want to get like a glass, one of those water jug bottles yeah. for my thing. Yeah. And then I'll just buy a big ass funnel and I'll just dump my plastic ones in there. And then I could just, no, no, cause no. I you think that I could just start with my, plastic. Just, 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 there's, there's plastic somewhere down the line. It's, that's <laughs> unavoidable. I'm not driving out to the mountains to bottle it myself. So it's not going to happen. So Actually, Canmore does have a spring. I, I know. I okay. see the people. Okay. okay. You see the people lugging it down the mountain. <laughs> But then you need like 50 glass jugs to make it worth it, or a few, anyway. But anyway, isn't it, is it just as good if I take it home, I take it out of my plastic jugs, jump, dump it into the glass jug, then put it on the water cooler, and then put the crystals on top, and put like affirmations on the outside, the affirmations. That'll help. Stickers. That'll help. What do you think? Because I heard that it won't go through the plastic. The affirmations won't go through the plastic? Yeah, we have these little stickers, love. But it won't go through the plastic, you don't think? That's what my like, wife tells me. I'd love to hear what, what Matt thinks. <laughs> That's what my wife tells me. Well, she's oh, like, God. she's, no, my yeah. wife's no slouch. Yeah, no, she's. She's, she's got like a crystal ticket. She went to, <laughs> she went to, she went to crystal school. and she's Crystal like, healing and stuff, yeah. Yeah, she's like doing a course on her moon cycles and things like that. Like she's pretty switched on for sure. Yeah. She's no slouch. She could probably outdo me. Oh, for sure. In, in the new age, in that, it wasn't in that for type my of wife, thing? my kid would probably be vaccinated. <laughs> Jesus, could you imagine? God bless her. Wow. Yeah, we usually don't um, chit chat amongst each other so much. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> no, no, that was good. I loved it. It's nice to see the dynamic between you two. I can see how this, this show is going to be going a long time, man. It was very entertaining from this side. Okay, good. Um, um, yeah, and I think I think water's super important. My two cents on right now how to max out your water because I've I have done some research on this. So yep. structured water is important. Yeah. Some people have different views on this. Some of it's like alkalized water. Yeah. Um. Some of uh, my well water friends that get proper well water from certain places. I'm all about well water. Mm -hmm. I think you can't really go wrong with a natural spring. That's 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 money. Um, then if you were going for maxed version, you get an organite plate underneath it. If you got an art crystal, definitely use the art crystal because that shit is organite. That's like the next level. Oh, I think organite. I got some. Yeah, yeah, you got some. Organite yeah. plate. Yeah, flat put the one, water right? on the organite plate. Crystal grid it. Throw a word on there and a sacred symbol like a flower of life. And, so can and, I do that on intention. top of the plastic jug? Or is the plastic just, the, the, is that like a no, kill it? Well, you can... If you're maxing it out, you can't be using plastic. Okay. You yeah. Know okay. It's like if you're, you know, it's like even, <laughs> even with the, even with this John Ellis water, you use glass. even with this John Ellis water, you said you don't, you don't dilute when you're diluting it in your, so you can put 10 drops of this water and dilute it into a big jug of like, let's say Santivia alkaline water, but don't put it in plastic because it's so powerful. It'll start, you know, take away the plastic. Hmm. Yeah, and I think we're going to get more research. You know, I don't, I don't know what the best is yet, but I do know that the uh, Walber Pinto is working on uh, structured water. It's Ooh. one of his things, and I've heard of a lot Ooh. of other people working on it too. Yeah, and his his device sucks it out of the atmosphere, and then and creates clean water, and then he mineralizes it and structures it. Oh wow, that's fascinating! It's not like GMO. 
No, 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 no. It's all natural. So the big, uh, big question for me on the water, <laughs> the, the big question for me on the water so. is, is, um, the guy who, who figured out the water thing back in, uh, now I'm going to, now I'm going to forget his name. He was in the, he was working in nature and he realized that the water, uh, thrives under cold and dark environments. So there's the contradiction between that and the new research that's, that talks about energizing your water with sunlight. So that's the reconciliation that I can't really do it myself. Now, I'm trying to remember the original guy. It was like back in the 1800s, uh, I think a Russian guy or something that um, did all this. thing cold? Yeah, talking about it being. Well, I know I know the yogis are all about not having it cold because your body is at a certain temperature, so you don't want to drink cold water. That's their thing. Some of them anyways. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. I think I think sunlight's great. And I had this this girl that's probably gonna come on the podcast soon. She contacted me over water and she's on this Appalachian Spring and she's basically gone down the water rabbit hole really hard. And she, and you know, she, she, her delivery is intense right now. And she's an awesome lady. It's just like, hold on. It's a lot of information. Like, let's sift through this so I yeah. can kind of figure it out. Yeah. But um, one of the things she told me to do was to play the sound of the sun. Because I was like, what can I do right now? If I can't access your super spring water, what can I do? She's like, play the sound of the sun from NASA. So I have been doing that, too. Wow, so now I just do I do water. Yeah, I do water ceremony now. What's the sun sound like? I, there's a NASA, it's like a planet. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't even know if people it's the right like, sun or whatever. Like I'm just, um, hopefully YouTube is hooking me up. I don't know. I give it a shot though. And that's the thing, right? I just test it. You know, like I, I like to, I don't know. You know, I go to the places and I test it and then I know how it worked for me. So I've been so testing is there, it. Is there, sorry. Is there like a simpler way to start? Like how can I structure my yeah, water? Yeah, there is. You home? can pour it over crystals. Like you can literally like re it's like mimicking a stream like going down a stream. Like if you pour it over crystals and put it in the sun or even I think like uh, Himalayan salt uh, blocks and stuff like that. Victor Schauberger is the guy I was thinking of. He was Austrian born. And, ah, yes. Yeah, yes. I've yeah, heard that yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Crystals is good. Um, but you got to make sure you can get your wife in on this, that you got to cleanse your crystals, right? Because they pick up on thought and energy. So oh, no, my wife is like yeah, that. constantly cleansing the crystals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's living with you. She's got to, you need lots of selenite, right? Cause you don't have to cleanse it. So <laughs> There's lots of like. Did you know that she's cleansing it specifically because of you? <laughs> I, I got, I got a pretty good idea. There's a big sign on the door that says "Take responsibility for the energy you bring into this space," but I'm pretty sure it's directed at me. But they go out in the full moon, and then she's always burning the sage and yeah. smudging. That's and good. Yeah, they're That's good. good. They're good to go. Yeah, there's yeah. water bottles too that hold crystals. But if you can hold crystals underneath and 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 get a just a organite plate, get a big jug. If you have a house that you live in, you should have a proper glass jug. Yeah, yeah. That's maxed out. That's on an organite plate because the energy's coming up and charging it. Crystal grid that thing. That's your 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 sacred altar. You know, I'll take away your water for a week. Then how sacred does water become? Really yeah. sacred. Yeah. So like. That's how sacred it is all the time. We just forget that. Yeah. And so, right, treat it that way, max it out. And the thing is, too, just a simple thing. You know, when I'm teaching sports psychology, peak performance, um, Zen or whatever, one of the thoughts is just, you know, your intention. The more, wherever you focus, you're going to get more of it, right? So yeah. 
every time you go to water and it's a sacred experience in whatever way, you connecting with yourself, you connecting with life, you connecting with spirit, you connecting with an intention. Well, you drink a lot of water every day. So it's just, it's these resets. And, you know, when I'm learning about Zen, you know, it took a while, like five years, but I'm like, I'm getting in and I understand the concepts, but then things started to click more and more. I was like, okay, I got to be present 24 hours a day. How the fuck am I supposed to do that? Yeah. How are you supposed to plan? Yeah. It makes no sense. But one of the things I started to do was make myself triggers. And so um, water was one, eating was one, taking a piss was one, dressing was one, um, and the phone was another one. And every time that any of those things happened, um, and I added more along along the way, whatever you do consistently, I'd come back to the present moment. I would just make sure. And over time, not that long, I became way, way more present. Yeah. And I still carry that level of skill now and I can see, and then you see where people are, you know? And so I know for me the difference. And so now, you know, and you got to re keep rechecking too, because social media got me, yeah. you know, a little bit ago because my work is on there, but I was like, darn it. I'm just, once you start going for work, then all of a sudden you're now just going. And I'm like, why did you just turn on Facebook? You know, no, yeah. no yeah. browsing, no, nothing. And so it is a monkey, your mind. And so just a really powerful practice you can, you can use with water. Yeah, that's great. And breath too. So, breath, you do instead? Is... so when you want to go on and scroll down the Twitter, you drink water instead. You can use that. Yeah. Just, no, but just I, think, I think he's using it as a, as a trigger to be present in the moment. So whenever he's taking a piss or drinking a glass of water, you're, you're becoming in the moment. Then the more you practice that, the easier it is. And then you start realizing your thoughts are going and then you can actually recognize that you're not in the moment more often and bring yourself back to the moment. And yeah. the cues, yeah. the cues. And it's also like a vibrational set, right? So if you're consistently negative or oh, you're yeah, you know, yeah. anxious, right. And every single time, and you have all these things, you know, if I'm eating, am I anxious? Am I taking a piss? And so it just gives you that moment to check. And so you can't stay in a funky vibration for too long, right. Without coming back like, cool, I'm in the present moment. Let me handle yeah. this boom. Yeah. So the more checks you had. And so I made myself a whole bunch of checks. Um, and then after time, con continuously training my mind way more in the moment. Now I can, you know, walk and drive, you know, sometimes I can drive for like 10 minutes and that, I, that's not that long, but like I'll drive for 10 minutes, fully focused. I'm like, that was amazing. Sometimes I can't even do it for like a minute. That's what right? I, that's what I remember. Up. That's the check. I remember, I remember driving, to work and not even remembering any of the trip, like just in my head the whole time. And now actually I can actually, that's the, that's one of the triggers for me is driving and realizing you're just that you're driving the whole time, you know, focusing on the driving. Are you yeah. Why? Like yeah. That? What? Wait, are you so then just to, because you're in, because then you're practicing to be in the moment. So you can't do that while you're listening to a podcast. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can do both. You I would listen. argue that you can't. Because you're listening to the past. And then you're in. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am what, I if wrong? what if it was live? Focus. And yeah. we want people to listen to the podcast. So even if it's a yeah, good, yeah, good exactly. idea, I'm not even. <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, it's <laughs> so what are some other tricks for, for like the Zen, the Zen athlete part is fascinating to me too, because, you know, I've played that guy, you had talked about skateboarding and, and snowboarding and i went from hockey skating and uh, I, tr I i transitioned to skiing more it was a natural thing for me keeping the legs apart and all that 
And uh, so, but playing hockey and realizing that like, for me to score in a breakaway, it's better that I, that I'm not thinking about it. Right. I need, but I do need a certain amount of skill uh, to, to become in the, to get that flow state. But it's really fascinating to me how, you know, when something happens naturally without thinking about it, it kind of blows me away how you just, you do something and it's when you're in that flow state. So I've been in the flow state, but I'm not always there, but you have this confidence that, you know, like you're not even questioning whether you're going to succeed or not. You just know you're going to succeed. That's to me, like what the flow state is like. So how, how do you train people to get into that state? Or is there tricks that you can do that just like your trigger thing where it can help me get in that state quicker? Yeah. So there's lots of stuff you can do. Um, and the flow state, like anything else, is earned. Um, so there's there's the stages of learning is unconscious incompetence. You know, you don't even know you can't do it, right? Yeah. The trick hasn't been invented or you don't even know tennis is, is exists. And then you're like, oh, tennis exists. And you're like, oh, shit, I suck at tennis. Um, then there's uh, conscious, wait, unconscious incompetence and conscious incompetence you're trying and conscious competence than unconscious competence so you know for me doing a backflip on my snowboard the first time i did it i really had to think about it i was like i want to do this i'm consciously incompetent i can train for it um then i landed one and i was like heck yeah and i can do it again but i'm really conscious of it right because i i but over time then i become unconsciously competent now i could i haven't snowboarded in a year Um, i could go on a snowboard and land a backflip no problem because it's like hardwired. And so that flow state is earned. Now that's the thing is, 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 you know, I was talking to a friend today, how, uh, biohacking and flow state and just when, and earthing, I go through the process of being really pissed off for a, a minute or two, or maybe a full day. And then I drop it because like earthing is just going outside, you know, <laughs> flow state is like, Oh, the flow state. And they, and they hype it up and you have these people talking about it with like very little expertise and experience in it and they overhype it when really it is it's about a process of self-mastery that's earned you know what i mean you don't just doesn't happen like when a ufc fighter goes in there and he is in the flow state the whole fight he's trained thousands of hours that's what that's kind of what i was getting at yeah with with needing a certain amount of skill to be able to you know to to perform in that state i mean you can be in a flow you can be in the present but that doesn't mean you're performing at peak in a flow state Exactly. So there's tons of, and then, so then we get into what is the right stuff to do. And so for my philosophy with, with Zen athlete, it is, it is the, it's a guide to self mastery. You don't need to be an athlete. If you're a human being and you want to be a better human being and you want to know how to achieve things in this world, get this book. It'll be as good or better than any personal development, law of attraction, magic sauce book that you can find because it's, it's the development of mind, body, spirit in the most effective practices that I've ever learned, studied, tried, experienced from trying to be a superhuman. And, uh, and then it becomes simple. And then it's just actually applying those, um, principles to your daily life and getting really clear. So, you know, like to make it really clear, it's a dedication, focus, meditation, visualization, belief, simulation, fitness, and nutrition goal setting. Hmm. Um, and then in the center is Zen. 
And the idea is to go through this process of life. So you could go Zen life or whatever. That's, that's the, you being whole, happy, harmonious, full of self-love as you explore your capabilities as being a, of being a human. So it could be Zen golf. It could be Zen businessman. It could be Zen, whatever. Uh, but you apply that strategy that, um, you know, a world-class athlete needs it's a necessity. So to give you an example, one of my clients was a world-class motocross rider and he fell on a front flip and he gave me a call because I, I coached uh, his homie and he goes, Hey man, I heard you're good. I fell on front flip. I want to land a front flip. I was like, sweet. Um, so we had an hour coaching call and his mental team was, is solid. I tweaked a few things and I was like, look, bro, you don't have to read my book. You don't have to do any of my courses. You don't have to do shit. All you have to do is visualize. And cause he was at the stage, he had all the other blocks visualize an hour a day the trick that you want it's going to take you about a week and you're no and you'll know you can land it so two weeks later he lands the front flip two weeks after that he lands the world first front flip heel clicker on a motorcycle two weeks after that he lands the world's first front flip superman without practicing it one time he went from going around in school speaking to youth to landing it first try because he programmed it yep. in our minds yep. And that's how powerful our minds are. So these are like the simple disciplines. So it, you take that out. And I was like, hey, man, it doesn't matter what you plug in, you know, whatever you plug in, um, you're going to get right. So then you start to get really clear. And what is it in my life that's most valued to be? What do I want to experience in this life? And you use the same fundamentals. Boom, 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 boom. And you just you can isolate it. You can go back and look at your result and why you're not getting it. You know, if you don't have enough energy, your diet's crap. You're not taking care of your body and your temple. Um, your thoughts are all crazy because you're not meditating, so you're not directing your focus. Uh -huh. You know, right? If you if you go to a training session with me and you're focused, it's going to be a different result if you're not focused. So, do you believe you can do it? You know, do you not believe you can can do it? Are you dedicated to doing it, or do you kind of want to do it? Are you going to give up in a week? You know. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what was that? Can you go through that core, the core bullets again there? That was the. Yeah, totally. So dedication, yeah. um, focus, so your ability to focus, yeah. um, you know, distraction programs and things like that. Meditation. You have to learn that you're not your thoughts. You know, that's yeah. a, it's a fundamental shift in consciousness for somebody who can come to the present moment on command and somebody who cannot. Yeah. It is a whole different consciousness. Um, visualization, this, this programs your mind. It literally creates, uh, what are they calling it now? It's something, it's, uh, neural there's neuroplasticity is the, the word they're using, but it's creating the neural networks in your brain, uh, the belief around it, you know, and how you structure your belief. So really cool thing you can do is like, if you want to be the best business guy, the best snowboarder, what are the best business guys or snowboarders believe about themselves? Make a list of that. And then you can then program that in with self-hypnosis and things like that. So then I show you how to make a self-hypnosis script and it's not that hard, but it, how your unconscious mind works is through repetition, repetition and visualization. Yeah. So then you're like, cool, three weeks, I'm the best snowboarder on the planet, boom, 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 boom. Then it's going to trigger yeah. uh, fitness and nutrition goal setting. And, uh, you know, and then Zen is in the middle and that's going through life with this mindset, you know, that you're, that it's not when you're the world champion, it's not when the business is perfect. It's not when everything in your life is perfect and you have a picket fence, your life is going to be messed up the whole time. Probably it's, you know, are you it's the journey? It's the journey. Yeah. It's the journey. And so how are you going through the journey? And so, you know, when I work with a high level athlete on this, I want to make them a better human being so they convince the kids 
that this is the stuff that they should be learning because, you know, you get me in a group of, you know, five-year-olds to 15-year-olds. It's like, you are perfect as you are. This is how you create anything that you want in your life. And this is how you do it in a peaceful way, knowing that you're the master and you can handle any situation. And sport and martial arts just gives you a catalyst to learn those skills, right? Because otherwise you have no reason to, you know, cultivate this kind of skill set, but anybody can apply it. Hmm. Wow, that's really, really interesting. Well, that's kind of the same thing as like, um, it reminds me of affirmations. And I was thinking that too, yeah. Sort of that same visualization. And uh, I guess it's kind of, you know, I would have thought that you had to, to do more than to just be able to visualize. You know, I've always, my argument on the theory of attraction has always been that you needed the law to, of attraction. or the law of attraction. <laughs> Sorry. Is that that involves a lot of like hard to you? It's just a theory, and, but and doing it, but um, well, it reminds me of the lucid that. dreaming thing where if people people can train themselves in their dreams, it's the same thing. Like your body is physically doing it, you know, your, your yeah, body's it's, going it's through it. It's interesting the, to think that you could program it without that, yeah, gives me some hope, yeah. <laughs> Well, do both though. The law of attraction thing. One of my mentors, he wrote the book, The Law of Attraction, um, and his. There's a few of them. The theory, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and his is NLP based, all process based. Yeah. So absolutely, action. Action is yeah. the mother. Yeah. Do yeah. action. Yeah. Right. If there's no now, but this is but this is a way to accelerate that process. But if you think about it, with Brody Carmichael, he did the world's first front flip Superman. We don't get the luxury of two times. Yeah. So we use this magic shit so we don't break our bodies in half and die. Yeah. And so then we know it's real because we have a catalyst that we don't want to kill ourselves. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. What if I imagined my ideal life? I visualize the shit out of it and I work my ass off. Yeah. Yeah. That's how simple it is. Get really clear, really clear on what you actually want from your heart. Visualize that and feel it every day. Jim Carrey said it, you know, and is like every well-known person has said it. And like, this is how I did it. I visualized me doing this, blah, blah, blah. Conor McGregor said it. Everybody who's done it says it. I visualize it nonstop. I can feel it. And I worked my ass off. So we want that growth. You know what I mean? You got to, I want a house. This is what it's going to look like. Ah, yeah. Now I make the plans. Now I start digging the hole, whatever. When we had to do it back in the day, we have contractors. Same process, but people are, are like you said, they fall in this trap of, okay, I'm going to go home. I'll make a vision board and boom, where we got it all. Doesn't feel, work like that. I feel like the physical action gives you some context for visualizing it. Like if you've done, you know, some skiing or some dirt bike riding or whatever you're building or whatever, and you have some sort of physical feeling of it, then it's easier to probably visualize it than making something up uh, that you haven't done, you know? But, uh, like but me just visualizing myself doing a backflip and then just landing on my back. Because yeah. <laughs> I have no agility. Yeah, exactly. So, so how <laughs> but do you. I could visualize myself maybe doing something different. Yeah. So, how do you Not recommend? Sure I mean, why. this might seem like a, it's kind of a silly question in a way, but. I've been off, I've been off track for a few weeks. Like I, I was going through a pretty good phase for a few years. There are lots of yoga and, and, um, and meditation. I mean, I still meditate now and then quite, a, quite, a, quite a bit for that, but, but, uh, diets off, exercises off, like, like, and I know I should be just, you know, visit, you know, figure out what I want, visualize it and all that stuff. But do you have any tricks to get somebody back on track? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question. The first the first thing that I say to anything like that is like always be nice to yourself. We're human. It's fucking hard being human a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. yeah. So step one, you know, last week I was I was bummed out for like two weeks there, you know, coming back from from uh, oh, yeah, that, uh, the high of Egypt. You know, yeah. Yeah. I had Burning Man and everything. And then I have to sort out life stuff. You know what I mean? I'm really doing my passionate, but I have holes, too. You know, I'm like, oh, my God should have sorted that out. Now I'm problem solving and I'm stressed. I'm like, oh shit. And so, you know, so first step is to be compassionate, compassionate with yourself. And then just simply look at what's the easiest action you can take um, to get the result you want. And what's the most enjoyable thing you want to do, you know? So it's like, okay, you assess, like it's been, I'm, I'm out of whack. What is out of whack? Write that down. What do I feel is really out of whack? It's this, cool. Um, what do I want? You know, I want to feel like I'm a little bit more aligned. What would make me feel that way? You know, if I just did some physical activity tomorrow, just a jog, and then boom, you do do that one action to set the energy in motion. Because sometimes we're like, yeah. it's 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 the vegan diet, and it's this perfect thing, and then it's yoga too, and then it's and everything is cool, and no life happens. It's like cool, just do the one thing because life happened. And, and so you just, you start to push that energy back and it's the recognition is the first thing. Yeah. Um, cause we go through phases, right. And that's why even UFC fighters, Olympic fighters, athletes, they need to take a break because it's intense trying to be perfect and doing it. A lot of people I know about in diet realm, right. It's like vegan is the way and this and that. And I'm all for, um, ethical, you know, awareness of food and, and, um, um, you know, not killing animals. You know, I was a vegetarian for a long time. Um, now I've been eating meat a little bit. And now I'm going to go probably go back to vegetarian, but it's conscious consumption. But so many vegans that I know went back to eating meat and they only did it for three years. Some of them six years. Um, I know somebody who was like vegan for like 10 years and then has been eating meat for, you know, another 10. So it's just like their, their level of perfection was vegan for that time. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But now it's different and that's okay too. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's stuff changes just just consistently. If you feel an integrity, you're doing co- you're doing OK. And if you feel out of integrity, just just question that gently within yourself and then start making actions to put yourself back in integrity. Well, I've really noticed uh, through some stress over the last few weeks, just eating emotion, emotional eating, like just get not giving a fuck anymore about the diet, like I was trying to, you know, cut out wheat and all that. Now it's just my diet's the shit and my exercise off. And I'm actually feeling like normally I can't really feel much no matter what I eat or how much exercise I get. But now I'm feeling like a cognitive decline from, from my diet and lack of exercise. Like I'm actually feeling like my memory's off, my cognition's off, which lack is, of which sleep. is interesting. What? Lack of sleep. Lack of sleep. <laughs> Mm, yeah yeah so it's really interesting to to go through a phase of a few weeks and actually feel the effects because you know rarely can i feel that well you know what a really good one is i was actually going to say if you commit to it it's just a two-day fast if you've ever done one yeah i can't get past i can't get past like 24 28 hours or so 24 hours so i've been trying to do i know it's not even that hard you just commit when i get to (laughs) like 24 hours it's just like yeah it resets. Do it, no water do it at dinner time. No, no water, so water as well. Right? Do it at dinner time at like 6 p.m. Have your last meal. Yep, yep. And literally every time I've done it, it hasn't been the hunger 
that's bugged me. No. It's my mind exactly. wanting me to go eat. Exactly. It's the eating out of boredom thing. The hunger goes away after an hour or so, or you have a little glass of yep. water. and You're allowed to have water. Yeah. It's such a trip on the mind. It's you're, you're always just going for that meal, and then you're like, okay, what am I going to do for the next hour? I'm not cooking a meal, like, but I should be eating. It's the weirdest fucking feeling. I'll do that with the water yeah. two days, too. No, you got, you, you're talking water, right? You can still have water, Matt, or... Or are you talking like a full, are you talking so, a dry this fast? Is what's, this is what's been messing me up is this girl that I met in, in, in Egypt. She says she does an 11 day, uh, no food, no water. Wow. Uh, like two or three times a year. And I was like, no water too. I was like, don't you die? Wait, She's what? like, no. I was like, okay. What? <laughs> I just breathe <laughs> just, in the again, sun. Not like, because this isn't supposed to be six days. Like, what is it? Like how long three days. Are you to last? Yeah, three days. Bear. Bear Grylls says three days. He's drinking pee after two days. <laughs> right, no, come right, on. Yeah, but is he in the yeah, sun? Is he breathing? Is he breathing in the sun? Like in yeah, breath area? No, he's just in the desert. <laughs> yeah, so Bear that's Grylls. what she told me. Because yeah. I was like, I was like, eleven days. I was like, I can't do that. She's like, you can do it. And I was wow. like, oh my god. And that's the thing about pushing your limits, right? And that's why I like to test. Like the monks when I was in China, they pushed me way farther than I would push myself. And so that's why going to those environments. Being around those people, um, doing it, switch something up in your environment, yeah, you know, or get yeah. right. Yeah. Just you know, make yourself accountable in some way. Yeah, yeah. You know, just do something right to make one action. Yeah. Um, you know, because even if you get to the gym and eat the sandwich, you know, then at least you've done one action. Yeah, I could see that though because that's like that's probably an average person can do three days. Yeah. But you see, like those people that can hold their breath when they go looking for oysters and stuff like that that can do it for like three or four or five times as long as I can. Yeah. So I've got like maybe a minute and a half. I heard I heard a Qigong master on uh, on Ben Greenfield, and he talked about uh, his training with a like it's it's like right out of a movie script. It's unbelievable this guy, and he went on a hundred day when he was a teenager. He went on a hundred day water fast, and it just activated chi and everything. It was crazy. And he was in a he was solitary in a room, like intense training. And I mean, this guy has just got the superpowers now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that's that's the idea. Days. Well, that's the idea. You do that's what he's actually doing is activating the energy body. Because yeah. we have yeah. soon I've heard this, I don't can't remember where I heard it, but I, I totally dig it. They're gonna prove that we have the energy body, which that we pretty much already have, but that's like your spirit. That's what you astral project with. That's yeah. what um you your know, aura, we're supposed aura, to take yeah. memory through death. Yeah. yeah. So when you when you deplete the body and we're like, We're the body, I am you know, I say if you cut off your hand, you're not your hand, you cut off your arm, you're not your arm, you're still you. Well, if you're so you're not your body, then what are you? And then you start to think, okay, am I my consciousness? That keeps changing. So yeah. shit. Then I stop the mind and then I become nothing and everything. And like, now you're in this whole thing. What the fuck am I? And, um, but doing stuff like that activates this energy body, like a super Saiyan. And so I've had blips of this in China and in, in different spots, meditation. I spent, um, four months in koala habitat, like basically meditating, meditating and doing martial arts for, long time and just there would be these activation spots but depriving the body and pushing the body and that's what they're doing yeah. in china is they they push your body so it, you basically have to leave it and you're operating just on energy and then you're like oh and then the body just you know can't you feel this thing and you're like what you know and it's unmistakable it's unmistakable 
and you're like, okay, I am not just the meat sack, but then life goes on and you begin to be fooled that you're the meat sack again. And you got to re remember <laughs> like mushrooms. Yeah. That's well, that's, that is probably, I mean, that's the psychedelics are probably a way into that as well. Yes. A hundred percent psychedelics. Um, so I've been, you know, with that, because I talk about it a lot of my podcast, just responsible use because people just yeah. don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Have a guide. You need your opening <laughs> portals. This isn't not a game. You know what I mean? Go down the route with respect in nature with a shaman and it can really do powerful things for your consciousness. Um, but you're opening up the dimensions of light and dark. They both exist. And so you better know what you're doing. And so I recommend that. And if you go with the side of the light with somebody who knows what they're doing with a real soul seeking initiative, they could be extremely powerful tools for upgrading your consciousness very quickly and um, letting go of all these uh, limiting beliefs, thoughts, traumas um, opens the doorway for you to do more work, to commit to the path. Because again, it's putting in the work. It's the integration of the medicine. You know, some people will hide behind ayahuasca. I've seen that now. It's like, I, I love ayahuasca. I've done it a bunch of times, but like, oh, I've done ayahuasca. I'm like enlightened now. I'm like, really? Because you didn't know shit for like 38 years, <laughs> but now all of a sudden you've done ayahuasca and you just know, and you're just this, you're just a yogi. You're like the new Krishnamurti. Damn, eh? I did it too, but huh? It's quite That's a shortcut. We had different effects. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still having to put in the work that I put in before the medicine that I'm still putting in. Yeah. Well, you you know, weren't paying like, attention. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally, yeah, I totally missed the boat. <laughs> so, 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 talk more about your podcast before we, you know, before we forget about that and, and lose the chance. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Well, um, you know, the podcast, uh, it started because I just had really interesting friends, and I kept going to really interesting places and wanting to share the experiences. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just got to start having chats with my friends. And so started that. And then I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And uh, I just set the intention to interview the most conscious, awakened, high vibrational, embodied people of service to humanity, share their wisdom and stories. And I just hold that intent. And uh, so I've had some really wild guests, really grounded guests, really powerful guests, uh, everything in between. And, and I'm, I'm seeking the people that are really putting out some you know, interesting ideas and thoughts. And because I was kind of like born like this or in the space, I can, I can see who is full of shit and who's not. And so if you're like, I talk to angels, I'm like, do you? And I'll talk to you like this, this son of a bitch can talk to angels. (laughs) Right. I was like, I can tell that. Like, there's a guy you should have him on your show. His name's Garnet Schulhauser. Oh, heard of this twice, guy? twice. Had him on twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Right from Calgary. I try to explain to people. He's like the our version of a redneck. All of a sudden, seeing his spirit guide in Calgary. Exactly. Like he's he's not kidding. He's no. got a mustache. Like yeah. he's not kidding. And it it's so wonderful. You know, that's what the universe does. Like we're gonna pick this guy. He's like, damn it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> No, that's what, that's what, that's what amazes me is uh, we're talking before. I don't know if we said this on the show or not. Is like, I was looking into your work and all that and finding out you're into this, uh, you know, really fit fitness and, and, uh, you know, high end athletes and the Zen part of it. And then I started listening to your show and look at all the things that overlap between us. And I, I'm surprised when I started looking into health and wellness and biohacking and all this stuff that there's 
really this big community that overlaps with ours because it's all non-mainstream, right? It's all like the kind of like the leading edge science and the stuff that's not accepted by the mainstream yet. And it's spirituality at its finest, which is, which is kind of mind blowing to me. So um, I really understand what you're doing with your podcast there. And I think it's just absolutely amazing. Ah, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You know, biohacking, as I say, and, and these things of like peak performance and flow, that's how to reach the mainstream to pull them into the real yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, when I when I'm working with, let's say, LeBron James or the biggest athletes in the world, I could give a shit if they fucking win another championship. I want to know if they're okay and decent human beings, and they'll never be 100% fulfilled if they don't have a purpose in their life beyond their sport, because winning a championship is not fulfillment. Now, when we get to who they really are and how they really want to contribute, they're going to be 100% fulfilled, stoked on life and a better athlete because their well-being isn't on the line. And we can teach all kids around the world that philosophy. And that's what spirituality essentially is. I say it's like it's just not being an asshole and figuring out who you are, going through your own stuff because – you know, what, what is important in life or what, what is really important to you in life. And we are sold bullshit and distractions and you have to flip the mirror. And the more people flip the mirror and they just do their best to be a conscious human being in, in the sense of, uh, you know, just not going around, just trying to be an asshole, just like, you know, I'm having a really bad day, you know, sorry, man, I'm not trying to be an ass or whatever. Just being, being accountable. Human. Yeah. Yeah, being accountable, being authentic, being, you know, full of integrity. But then as you clean up your own stuff, your life automatically gets better. And the more of us that can be real human beings without these facades and masks and nonsense, we can start to work together and uh, change the world. And one of the hashtags I always use and I love is Team Earth. You know, can you just imagine if Team USA and Canada and Russia and Switzerland and Korea and China, all the scientists, engineers, mathematicians, astrophysicists, everybody worked together for the betterment of humanity, how fast we would shift this yeah, around. Yeah. Right. And that's why the whole alien ET thing is important because one of the when I first got into it, one of the speakers, and I can't remember who it was, I think Nassim was on the panel. Um, but he said, you know, if we knew that there was other races out there, our consciousness would, would expand instantly. Um, but we would know that Earth is our home. Exactly. You know, and we're not treating it like our home and we're not treating our brothers and sisters like brothers and sisters. We're treating each other like enemies. And that's not true. You know, that's sold. And so, you know, that spirituality is that way home. And, and as we heal ourselves, we heal the planet. We heal our communities. We we heal each other. I'll, I'll tell you one really messed up story before we go because it's really interesting yeah but, for um, sure at the end of burning man um we were driving back and it's a long haul we were i was going to arizona with my my buddy and uh we stopped for some food and got it and there's this puppy outside of the store so i love puppies man i love dogs so i go over to check out this little guy and give him a give him an ear scratch and this drunk guy comes out of the um store and I could see that this dog was really afraid, you know? And um, so he he walks up and he stumbles and he looks at me and he's like, this dog's a piece of shit. And I, was, and I could tell. And so I'm thinking in my mind, I was like, fuck. I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, man, do I have to defend this dog and like take him away from this guy? Like, how do I, I don't want this dog to go home and get beaten by this guy. He's obviously terrified of him. I'm like, shit, this isn't good. And I was like, what? I was like, it's just a dog, man. I was like, 
He's like, can't be a piece of shit. And he's like, you want him? And then instantly I knew I was like, this is going. I was like, oh, oh. So he's like, you want him? I was like, well, I'd love to take him. I'm from Canada, man. He's like, you want him? And then I was like, I was like, I'm just saying, dude, like if he's a piece of shit, like maybe you could just give him away. Something like that, you know, and he's just um, and then he said something else and then he starts to clinch his fist. And I was like, look, man, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know, he seems like a sweet dog. Um, You know, maybe you could just find like a home for him. I'd take him if I could. Like, uh, you know, it's a you know, I didn't mean anything. And uh, he just looks at me and he just goes, I'm a piece of shit. Like, what? He's like, I'm a piece of shit. I was like. What are you talking about? He's like, I killed my daughter. I was like, what? He's like, how? And I was like, drinking and driving. And I just kind of intuited that because he was drunk and he probably didn't murder his daughter with a gun. Um, and he just shakes his head. And I just said, oh, my God, can I give you a hug? And he just didn't even know what to do. And I was like, please, please let me give you a hug. I, I would love to give you a hug. And I just give him this huge hug and this guy just starts crying. And, you know, and then basically we talked for like 30 minutes and I told him I gave him my number. I said, I'm in Canada. Um, if I can help him, he's not alone. I know you can't see any way out of this, but he had been in jail for like eight years. And it was the fucking anniversary of his daughter's death. And he was drinking and two of his friends called. I answered the phone with his friends, obviously. You want to drown that shit out. I can't imagine how traumatizing that is. Um, but that to me is what, you know, spirituality is. It's literally just doing your best to be a good human being, especially when it's a messed up situation. That's when you practice it. You know what I mean? It's not when someone says, hi, you're the best and I love you. It's like, thanks. It's like, hey, Hong Kong, you're an ass. And then you don't flip the bird and chuck a Coke can at him. It's just calm down. Up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, buddy. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was just, it just shows you that that awareness, um, you never know what's going on. Like, how the heck could I have possibly known it was the anniversary of his daughter's death and how much that could have helped just, just being as kind as I could have in that situation? So, a little bit more kindness towards ourselves, a little bit more kindness towards our communities, um, a little bit more kindness and compassion for things we don't understand. And that's how we change the world, man. And and we can do that within a generation two when this just becomes normal thinking. And this yeah. isn't weird or strange or spiritual. It's just human. And, and we operate on that fundamental. Yeah. Just being present for the guy, even just listening to him, you know, just being there and not just ignoring him and, you know, walking away. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And the other thing I wanted to say there is it's amazing with the, the probably the guests that you've had on. I bet you you find the same thing with these people that you're talking about, high vibra- vibration people and that are at service to humanity. And I bet you, you know, a lot of these people might seem out there and crazy to people, but I bet you they're the most grounded people that you meet. That's like it's one of the conundrums I find that that, you know, they're probably accountable and looking at themselves and very grounded. And yet they're out there. Um, that might seem like they're out there crazy to people, you know? Yeah. Well, I think this, I'm pretty sure it's Terrence McKenna that said, um, um, there's a certain amount of insanity it takes to live in an insane <laughs> world or to be in an individual in an insane world. You guys know that quote? Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. And it's true that. though, because it's conditioning. And that's, that was one of the big things I studied was, was persuasion and conditioning and consciousness and how, and hypnosis. I know 
all types of hypnosis. It's the same shit, but the mind can be hypnotized and boxed. And that's what our education did. That's what our media does. That's what, uh, you know, like TV shows do. And that's why people are stuck in this because they believe it and they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to act another way. And so the people who got out, they got out by going in, they went backwards and they figured out, Oh, this is what I've been sold is actually horseshit. And so for the people to accept that, they have to accept that what they believed is not true. And so once your neural net and NLP gets so big, it's really hard to let that go. Same with the religious one. You know, I have a, a family that's religious and, uh, you know, a good friend of mine that I grew up with. And I was like, dude, you know, like he said something about the Hebrews building the pyramid. I'm like, big miss. And like we opened it up. I was like, bro, you're an adult now, man. I was like. If anything that brings you closer to what you feel is a connection to God, awesome. I am really happy for that. Um, but if you do a little bit of independent research, really open your mind, really want to take a look at what God is, you know, you're going to find him. But, you know, this this story, there's a lot of holes in this story, dude. And you have the information at your hands now to look at, you know, and and so that's it. Right. But for him to let that go, he, he had the, you know, the most. um you know, his family was the most intense. And that's why and I was like, and that's what I said to him. I was like, don't you think that that's odd that your family was the most religious and you're the only one of all of our friends that still go to church? It's like, you don't see a correlation there, uh-huh. you know? And it's, and so all these spiritual people that I've uh, podcast, not one of them has been religious and not saying you can't be religious and spiritual and at a high vibe. It's just rare because, you know, once you put a monopoly on God, that's some dangerous stuff. Yeah. You know, once in my way is the only way it's not the God is love. God is source. God is kindness. God is, you know, and you nature. don't need to do t- yeah. t- nature, baby. You don't need to do 20 Hail Marys or this or that. Um, you need to find him or her or it in your own way and live, live that, you know, and that book alone. So, you know, it gets touchy when you get into the religious part, but I would love to see a, a surge in real spirituality. Yeah, you know, yeah, and sorry. that's what we need. We need an upgrade in that. We we were calling it the Church of Experience, and I feel like that's what you're a part of. You know, direct experience. What? What do you give me that mm-hmm. look for? Church of Experience. Yeah, sounds like sounds pretty culty. No, man. sounds pretty culty. <laughs> that's all culty. It's all culty. <laughs> so so I'll, uh, yeah, man. This has been a fantastic chat. I'm really really excited about it, and uh, we'll put links to all your stuff in the show notes as well, of course. And man, I'd love to do this again sometime. Yeah, boys, I really appreciate that. Um, it kind of flowed and you guys let me yammer. So it's nice oh, to yeah. be on the other side of the mic and uh, yeah. appreciate you guys for what you're doing to, to put out the work. And uh, I like the way that you guys do it. It's funny. Right on. <laughs> no problem, so buddy. Yeah. I, if, I'm excited to get to do a lot more episodes and just listen to you guys. Just sweet. do your thing, man. Yeah, it's wonderful. Man. Keep it up. Right on. Well, if you're ever in Calgary, drop by and you can, we'll do it. It's fun to have people right in the studio with us. So it's a rare, you know, it's a rare thing. Only a couple times a year we can do it, but you know. Yeah, I'm wow. game. Well, I actually today realized I need to upgrade my license and mine's still in Calgary. I, I travel all over the world, including all over Canada. So who knows if I'm in yeah. Calgary or not. So I'm going to have to yeah. make a pit stop just yeah. for that. For I don't sure, think buddy. I can yeah, let us know. So, Absolutely. Right Open invitation. Gotta make it, yeah, to make it a reason to stop by. Yeah, right on. All right, buddy. Thanks okay, a lot, Take Matt. care, fellas. Take Thanks care. so much. Okay. okay. See ya. Peace. And that was a chat with Matt Belair. It was a fun one. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, that was fantastic. One of my favorites. As you know, that would have been. As I know? Yep.
Yeah, it was it was great, and I just uh, it's inspiring. I think it's I think it's what I needed to get off my little grump. my little uh, yeah my little rut. Get out of my rut. Get out of your little grumpy rut. Yeah, grumpy Graham and his yeah. grumpy rut. Yeah, be the authentic person I need to be. Get out of this thing. That's good advice for everybody. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's really interesting. What are you? Are, you, are we still uh, on? We're still YouTube live on YouTube. Right? To wrap it up, big thanks to everyone for joining the live feed. Big thanks to Matt for coming. Was on there the anybody show. in there at all, or how was, was it? Was there just, any comments? Fifteen or? or twenty people in there. Yeah, yeah. cool. Big thanks to Matt for coming on the show. Uh, big thanks to you guys for listening. Of course, check out America.ca/support, guys. Uh, sign up for monthly today if you can. Help us keep the show ad free, sponsor free. Keep the heat on. All these extra episodes coming. All out. these extra episodes are giving you guys, and you're gonna get even more episodes. What are you gonna do with all that, Grand America? All starts by signing up today. Grandamerica.ca/support. Do a one-time donation, guys. That's swell too. And of course, we understand if you can't afford to support the show financially, that's fine too. You can do all the shit and then show notes. Well, the show notes. You review the show, rate the show, share the show, spam the show, email Graham. Spam gram, not the show. Spam gram. Spam the show. Spam gram. You are the show. G R A H A M at gramerica.com. At gramerica.com. Do all that stuff, and that counts too. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. All right. Big thanks to Matt. Big thanks to you guys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Seasons greetings from the Gramerica Show podcast. Gather round the fireplace, help yourself to some hot cocoa with the little marshmallows in it, maybe have a candy cane or two, and maybe some cookies. It's so warm and jolly, cry Merry Christmas, podcasting from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo And over there that's Graham crying tears of joy As he listens in on the little drummer boy I see you've acquainted yourself with D-Ron Yeah, it's true, he puffs Christmas trees on medicinal Wait a second, is that? Yeah, I think that's Sasquatch beneath the mistletoe Get over here, Graham, thank you for saving me like Napoleon Doom is decorating the room with tinsels, ribbon, popcorn, on strings and poinsettias, they are in bloom, and you might ask who's that in the green and red Lucia Libre mask, why of course that's RPJ Feliz Navidad it's so warm and jolly cry Merry Christmas Podcast in from the igloo. Darren plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy. As he listens in on the little drummer boy. You'll get a warm and fuzzy feeling if you donate to the Grand America show. So get in the spirit, reach down in your pocket and make it rain. Let us know, let us know, let us know, make us know. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. Donate to the show. It's so warm and jolly. Cry Merry Christmas. 
podcasting from the igloo. Terry plays jingle bells on the didgeridoo. And over there, that's Graham crying tears of joy. As he listens in on the little drummer boy, Pogo.